All right, Jake, North or Atlantic? North. They have the reigning Eastern Region champions as we pass, I believe, the two-hour, 45-minute mark. Ah, child's play. Two-hour, 40-minute mark. Um, And let's start with, again, the Eastern Region reigning champions, the Toronto Blue Jays. And I'm going to let someone else talk about them first because I have my own thoughts that I'm going to keep to myself for a second. But they are the reigning Eastern Region champions. They had the best record in baseball last year. And, again, I'm not going to knock the return, but they sold this offseason to a certain extent. Who'd they sell? Mike Crowder. To an Again, extent, exactly. not, not to an extent, nothing important, but still not a team that went out and bought. <laughs> you are pressuring him to get Tom Mandler, aren't you? I could feel it. Not this is nothing compared to what I've said in DMs. All right, okay, good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't I don't worry about Crowder. Um, in general, it always upsets me to see the, the Blue Jays trade off pieces over and over and over and over. And fucking over again. But last year was the first Blue Jay team I ever liked. Ever. And that's just because they went out and got Kevin Anderson. They they made it seem like they wanted to win. Uh, they probably could have got Ricardo Reyes. They could have got a lot of players. Um, but whatever. This team's still strong. I don't know how many moves they need to make. I just... Yeah, there's. it's hard because they haven't changed. They're very good. There's not a lot of holes. They just. I just want to see more urgency. I don't know where, what even you have to get, though. You know, does Mandler help him that much? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, who who are the four and five starters now? Like, it's key, and then who? Batista? No, Batista's the uh, three or four, or four, four and five. Well, I'm, I'm thinking four and five. Arford Anderson are one, two. Right. Oh, yeah, Mike Reese is not a person anymore. No, no, Mike Reese is, is yeah, dead. That's my bad. Um, I don't think Mercado's ready. I've still got him at 30 control. Um, oh, I don't just, think Mercado's ready. So that's um, why I'm asking the question. Uh, yeah, you I know don't, what, you're right. They do, they do kind of need Tom Mandler or Ricardo Reyes. That helps a lot. Um, that's about the only real upgrade they can feasibly get outside of really just getting a, an all-star caliber hitter. I mean, we were talking about, again, Mandler. If if Pittsburgh acquired Mandler, it would be Mandler, Avdrinos, Pelton. Look at Arford, Anderson, Pelton. That's three lefties right there. Which isn't always a good thing. No, it's not always a good thing, but again. Against certain teams, it's very good. There's only only one Matt Beasley, and you can throw Bautista or Key against him at least once or twice. Yeah, I wonder what their thought process is because – are they are they game planning for a specific team? Like I think in the past they were like, "Fuck, I really got to get past Baltimore," and that's when you don't want lefties. Now who knows? Again, 102 wins last year, the best team in baseball. Yeah, I mean I think the Blue Jays are good. I, for years I've been trying to figure out what it is about the Blue Jays that I don't like, and I think what it is is that every year the Blue Jays I think are really good. And every year, it's different guys. Like, it never stays the same. There's never a nucleus. And that bothers me. And maybe it shouldn't, because they're always good. 
I mean, he's doing something right. Well, who's the so, best hitter on this team? All right, I'm going to ask it a different way. Who should be the best hitter on this team? Well, I, I think it's Jorge Flores at this point, but it's questionable. There right. isn't really a guy who's – The best hitter on this team has, for the most part, been John Howell. That's also – yeah, that's a – yes. Uh, except, well, last year he fucking sucked, so I don't know. I guess that's the problem is it's, uh, it's kind of like the San Francisco Giants – but better across the board. Like there's not enough star power in the in the lineup for me for us to really get hard. You know, we're just kind of like 55 55 55. I mean, you want to talk about pure stats. Alex Belfiero at least as a platoon guy kicked ass last year until you know we got to the postseason. Yeah, there's just he is very good. There's just not star power. Can't, in the can't forget Alejandro Gallego. Another guy who I, I think we're just collectively, as a lead, not even just the pod, maybe we don't give this guy the credit, but whatever. He's just – he's not that sexy. They don't have a Ramon Sanchez guy. I mean, d- does Justin Schlegel OPS 839 again? I don't see it. Fuck no, dude. Does that guy hit 289? Does he hit 189? I mean, he should not see – he should not face lefties. Oh, I don't know if he actually does, but – Oh, wait, we forgot about the, the goat of the postseason, Mr. Lee Mudra. Oh, yeah. If nothing else, he's a first baseman named Lee Mudra. Like, all is right in the world. So. Oh, man. Any first baseman with the name Lee, I'm all over. It just feels like I'm in 1980 again. Does it matter? Yeah. if it's a, Can it be a first name or a last name? Oh, Lee. Last name's just as good, for sure. Derek, Derek Lee, former Chicago Cub. Like it. Like yeah. it. Anyway. Yeah, I think that's the problem. That why why we look at this lineup and see we just see 55. There's no 80s. There's no blue. Flores is the best player. He hasn't proven shit yet. Granted, he was good, but yeah, there's I, no superstar I, power are, here. Are, are you worried about Roberto Alvarez at this point? Roberto Alvarez is a bad player. He's not good at baseball. I, I'm not worried about him because I don't think he's good. I think last year is about as good as he's ever going to get. All right. I would just like someone to repeat what Deerich said earlier that the that the easiest way of upgrading is what? I don't even know what I said, dude. I can't acquiring Tom Mandler. Oh, oh, Amin's on Twitch. Wait, maybe maybe it's still loading. You should repeat it as soon as he's on. I was again. I was not the first one that said it. I alluded to it. I did not say it explicitly. Deerich said it explicitly. To be fair, it was a joke because I don't think it's even the rotation that they need to upgrade. I think maybe just trading a couple pieces for a Johnny Flint. And even Flint isn't maybe enough. I don't know. Maybe you give a call to St. Louis and see if they're ready to give up on Sanchez. I'm not sure. But uh, if there's anything Toronto's missing, and they're not missing much, it's just star power because this team's still very good. Well, not there can't get. I mean, a pretty big star is five war last year in second and pitch of the year voting. All right, enough, enough, Mandler talk. Yes, JP and his asking price bullshit is starting to piss me off. Well, I'm gonna be I think, honest. I think your asking price is too high based on my experience with you, but I think Amin also has a, a history of not wanting to give up anything for anybody. So it's probably on both of you. And you JP guys should both be in the middle. Of pissing people off. So we're back to where a we lot. Started, right? So, yeah, I mean, 
you know, situation normal. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I, I want to like this team more than I do, I think. So, yeah, me too. Like, I, I never get that excited. I thought they were the best team in baseball last year just because there wasn't another real option. There wasn't really a powerhouse team last year. Baltimore struggled. Seattle had issues. They were kind of just the only ones left. Um, yeah, when the best player, when we can't even name the best player on your team, there's three or four options, and it's not because you have three or four future Hall of Fame guys. Well, I think that the best player on this team is a pitcher because it's probably Arford. So, it is. It is probably Arford. But I think the best hitter should be Flores, but it hasn't happened. So not yet. So we oh boy. Play. So, right, so someone, someone talk about Cleveland. They're next. I want to talk about Sorry, Dave Minnesota. Oster. I want to talk about Dave Oster, but we can move on. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think we're all there on, on Toronto, just to wrap it up. They're very solid, no weaknesses, but there's actually not a lot of sex appeal outside of the bullpen. Anyway, it's what, Minnesota? It's Minnesota. Minnesota. It's Minnesota. 87 wins last year. Trent, go. Uh, oh, I, like, <laughs> I, I like John Hall a lot. Um, uh, I asked the question. I'm not sure how many pitchers you want more than you want John Hall. Man, it's hard for me to wrap my head around um, just putting this much faith in a 45 stamina guy. Granted, Hall is the best. He's probably the best pitcher in baseball, flat out just by the ratings at this point. Yep. Just the singular best, but the stamina is such a big burden. Um, JP said something in Slack the other day, maybe today, about him being an Ironman because he has no injuries. He's 26. That's a big deal, but it still doesn't get you over 175 innings, and that just limits what you can do as a pitcher by such a big number. Hall might be one of those guys who has three pitcher of the years and no all-star appearances because he just doesn't pitch enough innings by the deadline. I don't know. I think I have no problem with a guy like John Hall giving me 174 innings if this is how he does it, right? Like, if well, that's no the, shit. Yeah. That, you, you, I'm I'm not trying to criticize a guy who just gave seven WAR. It's uh, right. That's one that's, of the best. Seed, I would be curious where this stacks up WAR per innings pitched. You know how hard it is in the current atmosphere of this guy to have a two six four ERA? Like, that is incredible. So, yeah, I mean, the Twins, this is a boring team. Did they have sort of a boring offseason? Like, did I miss anything big? No, I mean, it, it was a sly offseason. They stayed quiet. Uh, well, as much as they could, Mike McCurry got himself suspended five games. Violation team rules, spending a little too much time with uh, with that new nightclub of his. Yeah, he's a good pitcher. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if Tony Resendez goes back to his 2017 form. Yeah, I think it's more likely that it that it's the Tony Resendez of 2014 and 2018. Uh, maybe there's a happy medium and it's 2016, but, you know. Uh, well, Jake is – I'm used to Jake leading all this discussion, so I don't have to think about certain things. Uh, so I did just pull up the offseason summary. They added nobody of relevance. Um, this is the same team, if anything. Actually, I slightly disagree. There's one There's one signing that I love that they made, 
Looks like it was a three-year deal, and that's Pedro Pacheco at the at uh, in the bullpen. Absolutely love that signing. He was shit last year in Montreal because he started for half the season. He had no business starting. You saw he did in the bullpen in Kansas City. 17 games, a 1.64 ERA, 10.6 Ks per nine. He's going to be legit at the back end of that bullpen with Mike McCurry and Jose yeah. Rosales. You know what? You're right. Especially if- for especially for Rosales, as it looks like now, slid is slated to be the the closer. It, that is an interesting deal. It is three years guaranteed, essentially, and uh, his splits aren't great. He's 31. So there is some risk here, but for just strictly speaking, 2019, five, five million bucks. Yeah, it might help him a decent amount. Yep. I just don't think that's enough. Uh, how special was this team last year? They, they weren't very interesting. They were good, not great. There wasn't a lot of... Uh, you know, their best hitter last year, outside of Mendez, it's, it gets really slim outside of Mendez. I mean, Zada, Rob, I mean Robert Meeks, we've talked, I've talked about him every year because he was acquired in that Jeremy Reese trade. Epitome of consistency. I mean, you, you look 2014 to 2018, he's missed, it looks like, uh, 12, 13 games in that entire time span. Yep. OPS is 840, gives you two, two to three wars, going to hit 30-plus home runs, maybe 40. It's going to walk 50 times, and it's going to hit 30-plus doubles. Yep. He's, the best, mean, he's the best hitter on the team, though. Yeah, I mean, I think there are some – you could look and see that this team – this Mendez injury is really a killer, right? Because this team looks so different without Mendez. Um, but I guess you could squint and see Justin Santoro taking a step forward. Um, I'm not sure it happens, but uh, – Oof. You could see it. Uh, you know, I think this is one of these teams. Occasionally we get to a team where, like, your scout just does not see eye to eye with the, their scout. So I think me and Sly have opposite scouts, and we see the players' opposites. I know he's very high on the offense, but, boy, I look at it, and I just – I don't think they score enough runs. Is, and the is, is, doesn't look lights out. Is Israel Soto ever going to OPS higher than he did his rookie year? Oh, good. Well, it was 720, so it's possible, but it won't be by much. If you remember correctly, he he babbipped 400 that first year. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it, this. His career babbip is 390. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's just, I'm looking at the hitters. I have two hitters on their entire team that are in the green, and those are two guys that don't look very good. Certainly not I have very sexy. Three in the green. Are, yeah. Have you talked about T- DJ Quezada? Yeah, he's the other one who was worth three WAR last year. It was Mendez, Meeks, and Mendez. Mendez, Meeks, and so what do you Quezada. see in Casey? So what do you see in Casey Dingley? He's the other green guy, but it's not like I'm getting exciting. I see a guy you can't play defense, and he, I don't know. He could be a decent hitter. He's one of those guys who could. Luck himself into a 900 OPS year. That's great, but just there's not a lot of upside here. I don't I don't see this offense surprising me and being special. I just yeah. think they're gonna be in that kind of Dodger mode, which is we're gonna be good, not great. We'll make the playoffs if our division sucks. If not, we're in trouble, and we're just gonna be we gotta cross our fingers and hope for a 15 and 0, a miracle playoff run or something like that. I think he just – still, it's like Sly still needs to be more active, I think. 
I think this is a team that if they get in, they could be dangerous when they get there. Because then the fact that they're a little short on starters doesn't hurt them as much. Um, Because you have to face Hall twice in any series. That's That's scary. Um, And playoff games are generally lower scoring. So the fact that their offense doesn't, isn't the highlight of the team doesn't hurt him as much. Is I'm the pitching repeat. the highlight of the team though? I feel like it is. Yeah, very mm. much. Cause I'm a believer in hall. I'm a believer in McNamee to the extent that I think he can be what he's been right. Which is a two to three to four. Now, I will four. say on record. Cause I know Sly's listening. I was so wrong on Ryan McNamee. Uh, I thought this guy sucked. He was amazing last year out of nowhere. Granted, I don't really want to bet on him to repeat it, but boy, you know, you know how you know where he I, came I from. I felt silly. California Angels, the Six. the the Jeremy Reese trade, which continues to pay off for. Uh, I mean, so I mean that's a deal that's paid off both ways. Yep. Well, no, good. I, I love seeing that. I'd love seeing that. I just I look at the rotation and it, it kind of reminds me of like a Braves rotation I would build that's deep and it's good, not great but like the offense carries it. And I just don't think the Minnesota offense can carry this team. I, I agree with that. I don't think the offense is ever going to carry this team. It's not that. And I'm going to repeat again. I think the, the Mendez injury, just a killer. Just a it's, killer. You're right. It is. It's he's clearly the best player on the roster. Uh, not named tall and maybe even named tall. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think that if you push me to a corner, I'd rather have Hall than Mendez, but and it's not a two, three week injury. That's a two, three month injury. It's going to be summertime in 2019 before Mendez is playing baseball for the Twins. Yeah. I think the North is the best division in baseball. And I, Minnesota is looking at it now. I don't know if I see them in the top three. I don't know that I agree with that first part of your sentence. So I'll be interested. Maybe I'm missing something. So, Ooh. all right. All right. Let's move on. Jake. Sorry, I'm talking to Sly and Chat. Oh. All right. Next is Cleveland. All right. The, I, I don't look, know what to say about the Indians ever. So I, I was looking at teams that like either outperform or underperform their Pythagorean record. Um, and it's really funny because you look at you look at Dustin and they're they're not a lot of zeros. It's a lot of big numbers. Like you look at say two thousand to two thousand four. Four, negative six, negative five, eight, negative eight. You look at the last couple of years, negative six, negative 11, two, negative three. And over the last five seasons, they've underperformed four times. Compared with Pittsburgh, who over the last five seasons has either outperformed or hit it on the nose five times. Or California, who's underperformed, I shit you not, ten straight seasons. I, uh, I'm glad you brought this up. I think the Angels in particular, I will just like give you the credit and say, yeah, it's pretty cra- funny to look at, particularly recently when you've been bad, you've still underperformed. But in general, I think the teams that are great offensively underperform their Pythagorean record. Uh, that's just because they're blowing teams out in horribly lopsided games. Like Baltimore typically underperforms. The Atlanta Braves, I think we generally underperform consistently over the last 20 years. Um and that's kind of why Cleveland surprises me is because they're not an offensive powerhouse and they do have underperformed. Again, one more example, Vegas last year. Vegas last year had an amazing offense and no defense. So it makes sense to blow teams out and then lose the close ones. 
But boy, the Indians with that pitching, I don't know what to make of it at all. And that's why I was going to say I just don't know what to say because they always look great on paper. And it's been five years since they've won 90 games. That's pretty rough. You, you can you can take one of these two 45 stamina starters, John Hall, Juan Partido. Who are you taking for the next, let's say, eight years? John um, Hall, without thinking about it. Yep. That's not close. And a lot of that's injury-based, too. Uh, granted, their, their ratings look pretty similar, just Partida has the control and Hall has the stuff. I'm always yep. going to take stuff in that case. Yeah. And I'm always going to take the guy with no injuries. And I'm going to take the guy with the higher-rated pitches if it's a tie. And even if you want to say it's a tie on ratings, uh, the Hall pitch selection there, there's lots of blue. Now, and, uh, that's sexy. Have you so. taken a look at Partita's splits? They're pretty nutty. Uh, granted, he's so good where like he's still good against lefties. But Jesus, I would not want to be a right-handed bat hitting against this dude. Yeah, it's pretty lethal. Yeah, you rarely see three blue ratings. God, he was so good last year. How are the Indians not better? This is sort of getting at what you guys were talking about before you know, we started to get into the team. But how are the Indians not like – That is a question I've been asking myself for about eight years now. And I think the answer, the, the answer this year is where's the offense coming from? Yeah, and last year that was the problem. They just didn't score last Mind you, year. So, again, when looking at the roster, Miguel Correa is on the IL. That's, that's going to help. Um, and that's an 854 OPS. Uh, Leon Aguilar, I, I'm not – the eye is there. I'm not sure much else is there. Um, I do have his contact higher than what OSA has. He was good in his cup of coffee last year, not great. He was okay, not great in spring training. Blake Spence has sort of fallen off over these last few years. It's only worth 1.1 more last year, um, and he's owed a lot of money over the next few years. Looks like $44 million guaranteed over the next two, and then a team option for 22, which right now looking like it's probably going to get declined. Uh, Hector Barr is still one of the best hitters from the catcher position, uh, damn near an 800 OPS for the third straight season. And Jordan Busby continue, uh, needs needs to bounce back because he yeah. was not good last year. He was shit on the ice in 2018. What he happened might, to Jordan? He Busby? might have been the worst player in the entire league last year. That was that is. And it's incredible. a good thing then that they brought in Mike Wilson because yep. he started every single game. OPS 937, 5.8 WAR, which by the way, highest single season WAR output for Mr. Wilson. Yeah, and he cool. was he was the savior of that team because they would have been in really bad shape with Busby being one of the worst hitters in all of baseball and uh, having nobody else to put there. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess you're probably right. Um, this is a team sort of like D rich with the twins that I just don't see a lot of green, a lot of yellow. It's kind of, that's kind of the North in general, three teams in a row. I'm like, I mean, who's, uh, who's the best, like, who's the best hitter we've seen in like, three like, teams? Put, like put this, let, put, let's put the Detroit logo on this team instead of Cleveland. Are you, are you feeling as positive as you are knowing it's not Grayson running this team? I mean, well, yeah, I am. Cause Detroit might be a bad example, but I know where you're coming from. Okay. Uh, so let's, let's throw Cincinnati on it or, or, um, fuck it. Arizona. Good. The pitching's so good. It's hard to, hard to say anything about it. Yeah, I mean, I think Leon Aguilar could have a, a, a breakout year. I mean, I like him a lot. He's one of the guys who's in blue. My scout loves him. 
even more than OSA. Which is, is he currently too. blue? No, he is 68. Potentially blue. Yeah. All right. So, so, but that's that's it. I mean, it's Busby, Ibarra, Aguilar. That's it. So this makes it's, me think of uh, like when the Indians won the championship. When they won 84 fucking games and won the championship, yep, a little bitter about that, but when they were on your podcast with Jake, Grayson talked, and he said, you're right, Uh, this is how I try to build my team, I want to build a roster with no holes in it, no holes, and that, I'm looking at the roster now, and I'm like, okay, that's clearly the approach, it's very similar, similar to Toronto, he wants to stir up all the weaknesses, but... There's not actually that many strengths in the lineup. How many guys are great players? Uh, I don't even know if like, Spence is great anymore. Oh, I think I, he's definitively not great anymore. So. Mind you, I, I, I do just realize this. The reason he only had 1.1 war last year is because he only played 50 games. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But who's the best hitter on this team? Uh, it should be Busby. Is Carrillo healthy? Probably, it's prob- uh, uh, a, a healthy Carrillo followed by Mike Wilson, most likely. Yeah, so they have those – are, those are good hitters. Um, I think you're sleeping on Aguilar. I think that he could be really good. I think so. he, just, he just looks like a year away to me. That's all. I think he could be Maybe. really good. But I think this team might just have a whole bunch of decent hitters, but no one who can OPS over 900. And without, again, like Toronto, without the star power, it's really hard to be super special offensively. I mean, their their offense last year was just flat out bad. We say that, like, man, how'd they disappoint? They're pitching so good. Shit, they only allowed 700 runs last year. That's not a big number. They just only scored 800. That's super low. Right. And so you need someone to step up. And without a guy OPSing over nine, it's just not going to happen. A whole bunch of dudes hitting OPSing 760 to 840 is just it doesn't get it done. Kind of like the Colorado problem. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're missing we're missing a really good hitter in Korea who is on the IL, but he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm just looking at the stats from last year because that Carrillo, makes a, that makes a big difference. Korea was great, but he he OPS 850 last year, and as good as that is, when I don't know, they just need they need some more pop. For this, for us to consider this a great team, Cleveland's think, still a good team, but they're just a pitching team with a decent offense. I we shouldn't think, think of them uh, as anything more than that. I think that I'm a little higher on them than you are, but I don't disagree with what you're saying. So they've they've won 166 games over two years. That's just embarrassingly low for a team that looks this talented. Yep. I don't Pythagorean think- or not, that's a fucking embarrassment. Uh, I think we just have to say this isn't a, a very good offense. So much of okay players, but okay doesn't score runs. You need to be good. You need to be great. All, All right. right. Whatever. I don't know. I'm Who trying to find next? things. I'm trying to find things to say about a team that looks the same. Not who much finished, can. Who yeah. finished fourth in the uh, North last year, Jay? Jake. Uh, who do you think it was? The Mets. The Mets, right? It would be the Mets. Me gusta los Metos. Do you now? A little bit. I, I think the Mets are fun. I think they have some new young bats that are exciting. I think they arguably have the two most exciting young players in baseball. Is Joe Basinger one of them? Well, that's an old player, but I sure do like that man. Just think, if if you have to say, like, who's the best young pitcher in baseball? You might say Jello. 
and you say, who's the best young? You might, you might, you maybe not, but you might. Certainly you're thinking about it. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the production. I mean, you look at the ratings and it's probably between him and one of the Seattle youngsters. The motherfucker is 22. So I'm banking on some production. He's pretty sexy. He might be amazing. I mean, Corey Perizic last year was better than Angelo Torres. By the war? And no. by the ERA. Not by the war. By the ERA? Great. 468 ERA. Jello is 21. He had some bad, bad luck. Whatever. I'm saying you should be very optimistic about this guy. Oh, I'm definitely optimistic. And on the offensive side, Alex Perdomo, I think, is about to come into his own. Alex Perdomo is a very, very sexy motherfucker. I think yeah. uh, an 8.30 OPS of last year, I think that's about to be just dumped on. Oh, I, 9.30 would be a letdown. I think it should be 10.30. Maybe more. I think it might be 11.30. Are you concerned about his injury history? Uh, a little bit, but not, not major. He's a first baseman. Rarely do those guys just get super banged up. But I think this guy might be the singular best hitter in baseball by the end of the year. Best yeah, I mean, offensive I, player. I think he's I think he's a batting title sort of guy. Um, but the batting average hasn't been there in the stats, and so that needs to. That's the easiest thing to take a step forward. I think that and the home run numbers, I guess. But uh, but my scout only has 60 home run power, so that's not a 40 home run guy, is it? If you're 80. 70, 60, 60, 60, even without 40 home runs. Just look at what he did last year. Uh, we, we all kind of expect a, a big leap forward, 830 OPS. Not yep. super amazing, but he, he had four war in 100 games, and we're expecting him to take a major leap. Granted, he did play second base last year, whatever. But the I bat, think, I think, could be monstrously better. I like Perdomo a lot at third base. I do, too. Perdomo was a positive at second base last year. Which surprised me, because I think he was 50 range last year, too. Mm-hmm. Kind of shows how random defense is. Shot I mean, I, I think he has, he's a very similar profile to a, a former California Angel, Jorge Rivera, where I think I ended up moving Rivera to third base because I thought that 50 arm was enough, and I think it is. I think Wait, actually the 55 being, arm. I think it's, you're actually being disrespectful to Rivera. I, uh, I believe Rivera is 55-65, 55-65. He's always had 55-plus range, and he's in his 30s now. That's is not the he case going to play first base this year? Is that where he's going to be, you think? I would think so, yeah. Uh, that's just uh, no, they got, they've got Jason Foley. Yeah, but he's going to DH, one would think. So. Yeah, that was my intention. Was, uh, uh, they, they also brought back Juan Guerrero, who shouldn't see the field. Fuck, I don't know, then. Uh, I'm a little confused. I'm glad they brought back Juan Guerrero. That made me really happy. Uh, I thought that uh, Jimmy Rollins is a uh, pretty shrewd signing. I think guys like this are either going to be hurt or they're going to play. I don't think they're going to be healthy and shitty. And I like signings like that. And for $3.2 million, it's pretty low risk. So I like that signing. Um, but yeah, this is here. I'm... Re- I'm ready for Stu Cam to show that he can finally fucking hit. Well, Stu Cam, that's, hitting's not his problem. And granted, he hasn't been able to hit, so it has been a problem. The dude's just sucks because he can't catch a ball. He's right. not a catcher. I'm wondering if that hurts the Mets pitching staff at all. 
I think I mean, big he, time. He didn't catch a lot last year. He, he played 72 games or 76 games. He only started 25 games at catcher, so he DH okay. for most of the season. Yeah, see, that's, this team has like three DHs, and there aren't that many spots for a DH. No, uh, there's yeah. one. So I don't. I, I again. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of the Mets. This is yet. This is yet another team that I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I, yeah, it's it's there's talent, but it's, I'm not sure how it fits. Um, and they've got Manny Esparza to play third, so I, I guess Perdomo is second base. I mean, which they I didn't uh, they uh, again the uh, signing that they made that just proved to be absolutely fantastic was the John Hall signing. When they signed John Hall to that three-year deal, he did John Hall things. He continued to produce. Again, we say this about Brandon every year. He makes these shrewd signings every single year. Yeah, I, I thought it was silly because he paid him, I think, 15-plus, and it totally paid off. So I ate, yeah, my, ate my words again. This this year, that signing is Jason Foley because Jason Foley could very easily go back to San Francisco production and be nowhere near worth this – Pretty damn sizable contract that he got given by the Mets. Woo! This, I didn't notice how fu- it was fifty-two million. It is. Oh my god! That I did not like. Now, I, I I love Jason Foley, but that is not uh, that is not a signing I can get behind. See, I love him too, so it's hard to criticize. It kind of reminds me of Jeremy Reese being signed by St. Louis, and I thought it was too much money, but he turned out to just be good. It was worth right. it. I think that might I'm, go this route. My issue with Foley is that I don't think he can play first base defensively. No, he can't. Not much longer. No, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't think he did in San Diego. So oh. I think he was the everyday DH. It's been a while. Well, he played 55 games. If you extrapolate that to a full season, that's minus six or minus seven at first. I think you can live with that if you get just if you're able to get Guerrero, Perdomo, and Foley in the lineup, that might be okay. But boy, and, those and are three can, bad defenders. And then you can probably DH Foley against lefties when Guerrero sits. Right. Yeah, you might be able to make it work. I think it's okay. There's a lot of man, a lot of offensive pop here. Don't forget Dave Burns is sitting there and right as yep. ancient as he is. Right. Just there's a lot of names and power and there are. There's some sex appeal here. They could sell. I bet they would sell a lot of tickets if this was real. Correct. That is totally true, right? Because Jason Foley sells tickets. Perdomo's a sexy guy, sells tickets. Yeah, this is again. I have a feeling all the North is going to be like this, and it's going to frustrate me because they're going to be really tough to organize then. So, yeah, I I think one of the underrated players on this team is Chris Gehring. He's the best pitcher you don't know anything about. He's so good. I can't believe so, how good he is. I feel like so a, I shit on this deal when he made it. Oh, it's, yeah, you did. Well, I gave him the – it wasn't even about the deal. It was about the Jangles Award, and that's why I gave it to the Mets. I just thought it made no fucking sense. But I also didn't expect Gehring to be just a steady five-war pitcher. He's really freaking good. He's so. really good, and he's also been really healthy for yep. the most part. I, uh, I, I, he had – I mean, you talked about his injury concern when you acquired him. I mean, the only true long-term injury that he had that worried me was the partially torn UCL, which at this point I, I don't really get bothered about. He had some dead arm here and there. He strained a hamstring, which had him out for three months, and, and that's more of a freak injury than anything. Just been a dead arm here and there, uh, some tightness here and there. It honestly doesn't surprise me that he started, what, 66 games of the last two seasons? He did have 
seven injuries last year, which I know they were small, but it's not insignificant. And it's a little worrisome, but yeah, at the time, at the time I was thinking, man, you're giving a lot up. You're giving away pretty much your entire future for a pitcher who's had injury concerns. And the concerns are still there. Just They just haven't acted up. So I, I fully admit I'm wrong. Granted, the Mets haven't made the playoffs, so I don't feel that wrong. Would you rather have Escobar and whatever else he gave with it? Retzlaff and Marcinkowski? I think I probably would because I think Marcinkowski is special. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I agree. Uh, the Mets, okay, the offense is great. Defense, big concern. Yep. Back end of the rotation, big concern. But that's it. Uh, I think the, the defense might sort itself out. And I think the back of the rotation might sort itself out. So I'm not – these aren't like crazy concerns. This isn't like the Texas Rangers where I'm like, they have look at the fucking mirror. They have a couple of guys in TJ Cully that you're not seeing. If you go to IL, he just hasn't been moved. And Jose Torres. So it's a little deeper than you think um, on the pitching staff. So, yeah, I mean, I think the pitching staff is okay. I don't have any concerns there. Uh, oh, the back yeah. of the bull – Sorry. The, go ahead. Back of the bullpen's great because you have Basinger back there, the best ever. Um, so, does time ever cut catch up to Sleepy Joe here? By the way, Sleepy Joe, the fact that that's his name, his nickname, oh. his oh. user-generated, like this is an OOTP-generated nickname from 2001 in our league, and right. all of a sudden we I got s- Sleepy I Joe s- Biden running around. It's amazing. I swear OTP is just masochistic in its own right. It's I mean, so how, fun. how did do you think Donald Trump's in our league and we just don't know? <laughs> I mean, when did when was this league created? Two years ago, 2018. Yeah. Maybe like maybe Eric Trump's in our league. Just fucking. <laughs> maybe yeah. Who knows, dude? That just the odds that he's sleepy Joe or. But so then perfect. wouldn't you make him suck ass and not the greatest closer of all time? Of all things, right? Like yeah, yeah that's a very good point. You don't but, have to use your brain. Don't maybe. Hey, we've never heard an interview from Joe Basinger. Maybe the dude just can't form a sentence. You never know. Hey, I don't care if he can close. If he can close things out, I could. I don't care if he doesn't speak a word of English. Yeah. Honestly, Joe Biden, if you're a fucking can throw a curveball, you're my pal now. Do right? we also remember that Israel Soto's nickname was Trump? No, it was no Trump. It was no Trump. Oh. Which was really bizarre. It was really weird. It doesn't have anything to do. I'm not sure it had anything so to do with maybe the Maybe the flip side is that Joe Biden made Basinger. Oh. I <laughs> think Joe did, Biden's did, in our league. Did, That's did right. A positive spin on the Sleepy Joe. That's right. To make Sleepy Joe really good. So. Oh my God! What if Joe Peters is Joe Biden? Possible. Uh, Possible. I guess. Anyway. Anyway. Um. That is pretty funny. Those nicknames. Nope. But. Nope. Jangles has it. Jangles wins. San Diego is Joe Biden. <laughs> oh my him. God! That's actually fuck. I forgot about that. That would him for sure. That genuinely wouldn't surprise me because I heard right. that podcast and I made it through 45 seconds before I just having to pace around the war room after turning it off. I believe that podcast has been taken off of Spotify. <laughs> that podcast forced me to exercise for the first time in like four years just because I was so confused. He told me he wanted to do that weekly. <laughs> Jesus, that guy was incomprehensible. Very 
That was a guy who hadn't left his basement in five years. I mean, that was very <laughs> Biden like. I think the worst part was there was the random photo of an <laughs> oh American God. woman. It was all very strange. Oh, we yeah. Secretary. Uh, Romika. The whole thing Romika. about that. Yeah, it was such a – it was almost like – It was so weird. It was Everything almost like he got the picture off Google Images and just made her up. It, it just was, didn't feel it, real. Just like, just, like, just like Drew Brees. Which was apology so, post. It was so ridiculous. I don't have any idea. But, yeah, no. Um, I do remember when we all agreed – Israel Soto needed a new nickname. Now, I don't like what Sly changed it to, but whatever. So, what did he change it to? The Radford Rocket. Yeah. That's that's gross. That's pretty lame. But in any event. Um, but yeah, so the Mets, they're yet another team. I don't know where I'm going to put them. I think this is going to be a more difficult division to organize than the Central. Not more frustrating, just more difficult. So. I, I think I might agree. Just I like all these teams. I like the Mets. Um it's weird because they do clearly have holes. I think their defense has got to work itself out. But I think that's – I don't know. I, I, I just have a, a little faith in them. I do. But whatever. We can move on. All right. Who finished fifth, Jake? Who do you think? Was it Boston? It was got to be Jangles, right? No and no. All right, I'm going to get up and get a drink, and I'll join you shortly. It was the Yankees? Nope. You're forgetting the team. Oh. I am forgetting the team. Detroit. Oh, the Tigers. We have new ownership in Detroit. Hey, welcome, RJC. Mr. RJ Clark 1. I'm going to guess it's uh, it stands for RJ Clark. Um, uh, again, we're going to miss Eric. Spent, I believe he was a day one, so he spent 19 full seasons in the league 2000 to 2018. Yep. Hopefully he'll be back at some point. He leaves a team that had a lot of money to play with, and the reigning Eastern Region Position Player of the Year, Johnny Flint, 8.7 WAR, 1,009 OPS, uh, lost out on the all-time batting average record by a shit you not. I would never shit you guys, my Sky people. Missed it out by .0002. Really. Jordan right. Ramos hit for .3863, Johnny Flint .3861. Mm. There you go. Well, is, as all the yeah. true nerds know, the fact that, you know, batting averages only go to three sig figs is really just, you know, a convention, right? Like you could, in principle, take it out to as many as you wanted, right? So, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to talk about the Tigers because I don't know what – RJ is going to do. So uh, Mason Cox, I think, is on the block. Um, Johnny, Did, uh, I think, is on the block. And so that'll that those are obviously two pretty high end, two pretty high end assets that they uh, should be able to do something with. So Did, we'll R- Did RJ Clark one message either of you guys? No. No. All right. Well, RJ Clark one messaged me and gave me a little bit of a kind of a prediction for 2019 and what his plan is. Uh, he thinks this team's fairly competitive. Not great, but competitive. Above 500, just barely. And I think that's totally fair, because the offense, as we all know, is is good. And uh, based off talking to him a little bit, I don't think RJ Clark 1's a dummy. Uh, his plan is kind of as we expect. 
Mason Cox should be moved this year. We'll see. Johnny Flynn will be on the block. I think that one's a little less likely to move. Uh, I get the gut feeling that he's just a higher, a big fan of Flint, and if he can keep him, he, he's open to it. But uh, he did say Johnny Flint's going to enter September hitting 422, and then uh, go two for 15 in the last series and end up hitting 398. <laughs> so he so he predicted a little bit of a disaster, but I don't know. We'll see if Flint's on the team. I don't know. It sure sounds like Cox is on his way out. Now the only other uh, the only other guy that R.J. Clark one mentioned was Adam Shaw. Super prospect. Uh, I know this wasn't Adam Shaw was a weird one because I remember looking at Eric's system and just in one sim he went from like a 30 80 changeup to an 80 80 changeup. I mean he still hasn't learned to third pitch, but he's got this 80 80 changeup, which is kind of really attractive. But yeah. uh, R.J. Clark one predicted that he comes up in September, pitches well, gets his cup of coffee. He did say he's going to throw a complete game shutout. Who knows if that'll happen, but he'll get a taste. And that's... Uh, let's see. What, what what are we looking for in, on that last series of the year at Boston? There's his chance. There you go. That's yeah. perfect. I, 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 don't, I don't hate this team. Um, I, I might as, hate, I might as, hate the pitching staff, but I don't hate the lineup. As yeah, Jason no. notes, is there a better name in Sky than Waldemar Vandenberg? No, nope. probably not. Um, it's kind of weird how many Dutch players are generated in IAFA. It's like, it's just you're from Central what, America what was, or from the what Netherlands. What was Kabi? Kabi was a discovery, right? No, I think he was Dutch. Yeah. No, well, he was he Dutch, but Dutch. I believe he was a discovery, not an IAFA. And uh, there's, that also that, there's also that motherfucker... Um, I think Gerald Ireland, the the IAFA, he was demanding sixteen million dollars. I think, yes. I think Ireland, uh, who was signed by Pittsburgh, then traded to San Francisco, and then traded to the Tigers, and is now toiling in AAA. Yeah. David David had a Duck player who he was really high on. It wasn't in the sky. He was in the minors. I'm trying to remember what his name was. I wonder if he's still around. I wonder if David's listening, but. But uh, but yeah no I love the Dutch I love Dutch names uh, I root for the Dutch in the World Cup every year because the U S always sucks I forgot Fritz Boren is Dutch oh is yeah. yeah yeah it's it's a disproportionate amount of Dutch people there, and the, the Dutch influence is big in the sky but so. honestly I have no idea maybe maybe it's baseball is really popular over there I honestly have no fucking clue hey yeah. Trent did you know that you have an OSA fifty five potential Dutch center fielder in your international complex. I do. Rude. Rude Hermes. Hermes. Oh, yeah, I know that name. Yep. He was an IAFA. I think that was one of the – I think that was, was the year that uh, I spent so much money in, uh, in yeah, that, IAFA. Yeah, that was the year you just signed about nine dudes, I think. Yep. It wasn't even that about was, you spending a lot of money on one guy. Just you signed to everybody. It, it, was, a, it was like $30 million. I think I, yeah. I, that was the $38 million year. I ended up with like five guys. So, yeah. And Hermes was uh, he's uh, probably gonna probably gonna make it to uh, rookie ball this year, so we'll see. All right. Yeah, you it's, signed David Santos, nine million. Juan Cisneros, six point two three four five six seven million, and then Hermes seven million. So yeah, that looks like twenty one million in contracts with tax, everything over five. Yeah, it's about thirty seven million in contracts. Yep. Did you guys yeah. talk? Did you guys? 
what did I miss? Did you guys talk about Eric or anything like that? I did. Uh-huh. He will um, be missed. Yeah, I, I really like Eric. I talked to him a bunch. I will miss him. Um, however, I think he was he did a very responsible, smart thing by stepping away because it was time. Uh, he had simply neglected not just the not necessarily neglected the Tigers or did stupid things. He just he neglected their defense to the point where this team was so uncompetitive when they shouldn't have been. They were always ten games worse than any other GM would have been if had they just shuffled the things around. I mean, if you guys didn't mention Jared Scholes, I want to do it now because Jared Scholes played first base all year last year, 110 games. Yep, he was negative 26 zone rating. It was it was more than 110 games. He played 123. And that and that is how you have an OPS plus of 116 and have negative one WAR. Yeah, it's it's so. Oh man, it just makes me so bad. Especially yep. Especially when Sang Jun Kim, the Asian dude that Eric loved, DH'd all year, and the dude is clearly a better first baseman. So I mean, you literally just cost yourself 30 zone rating. Whatever, that's that shit adds up, and that's why the Tigers have been bad. It's, so it's, it's like three wins right there. So at, at least, and yep. I, I like Eric a lot. I hope he stays in touch and comes on Slack. But fuck, no offense, buddy, but it was you made the right call. Uh, the Tigers, I think, are in better shape now than they have been because they've just simply been neglected. And based on what I've, based on the impression I get from R.J. Clark, one. Uh, based on the fact that he's a friend with JP and JP's a goddamn maniac, I, I think it's probably this dude's a maniac too and really takes this game seriously. So yeah, I'm all for it. Yep. I just he's he's in a fun spot. We'll see. Yeah, I mean he's certainly got some things to play with. Uh, Guillermo Sierra, I think, is a little unlikely to do that again. He's the uh, other Linfoot Award candidate, and he probably is the rightful winner. I think he not Rodano, but I think it is Sierra. Won the award last year. I'm so Sierra in, hadn't been competent since 2014. Yeah. Shit in was, 2015. Shit in 2016. Shit in 2017. And then holy fuck 2018. Yeah, it's a hundred I mean, points was, higher than ever in his career. Uh, yeah, that OPS. was the best season he had ever had in his career. By far. So pretty cool. Not gonna happen again. Granted, this team's gonna score. They're gonna give up runs. Same sort of deal. Fuck. They had less than eight pitcher war, pitching war as a team. That might be the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, it's not getting any better. Anyway. Well, sorry, what, do you guys, what, do you, what do you guys think of Ken Romer? Ken Romer's pretty interesting. Uh, I haven't looked at him in a bit, but yeah, my scout still absolutely loves him. Is, Granny, is, he, is, he, is he capable if that changeup does not budge? Oh, what changeup? He's got three pitches already. It doesn't matter. So it doesn't bother you that his current is bullpen slash emergency starter? Not one bit. I think that's primarily a product of the stamina, not the pitches. Correct. So, uh, yeah, he's a 45 stamina starter, but he might be a pretty good one. I'm at 40 stamina. Oh, uh, well, we'll see which which one of our scouts is right. I guess OSA has 42, so maybe maybe my scout's just a little high. Who knows? But there but I, I agree with you, Rich. I sort of like the player. Yeah. Um, I think that he should probably get some sky time. Maybe he doesn't start the year in the sky, but but I think he should. He might be ready. Pitched pretty well Triple A last year, so but yeah. I mean, this team's going to score. They're not going to pitch very well. 
Uh, it's pretty bad. I will shout out what I thought was a good late signing. Uh, Blake Garrido, the former Cleveland closer, had an awful year last year in Cleveland. Uh, but it's such a cheap signing. I think that was pretty shrewd by RJ. So good job there. Yeah, I like it too. Hope he stays healthy. Anyway, yep. next. All right, up next. Now we get to the Jangles. Uh, we get to Jangles. Montreal. Uh, I wish we, we actually, you know what people have said, like, we should have people call in. The only people I want to call in is Kansas City, Matt, and Jangles, just so they can talk about their team so I don't have to. <laughs> uh, I I kind of like the Expos, low-key. Uh, financially, <laughs> they're a disaster. Well, their yeah, future is a they, disaster. I mean, what what's the last Jangles team that was an actual financial, like, non-disaster yeah i don't know what year he took over but even when they won 96 games they were in the whole 10 million dollars uh he spends a lot he spends so a lot i think the last right. so jangles was profitable in 2016 was profitable in 2011 and 2010 um outside of that lost 20 million in 2013 lost 60 million in 2014 lost 10 million in 2015 lost 22 million in 2017 Lost $20 million in 2018, and he is already, I believe, $70 million over budget or something close to that oh, uh, this year. Just imagine if it was real life how fast you'd lose your job. If you're like, yeah, we're, we finished seventh place, but don't worry, I only but, lost but, you know, $50 we, million. We acquired this guy that's to $160 million over the next four years, and he's hurt for the next six months. Yeah, the, the Nate Hooper deal was really bizarre. Uh, was, I guess we have to talk about it. It was bizarre on all counts. Like, no part of it was good. Yeah, I remember Matt Matt put uh, Hooper on the block, and I was like, okay, great, put him on the block. Literally no one in the league is going to touch this guy because you're going to pay $80 million to have him for, what, like a year and two months? It's just – it's kind of crazy. But Jangles is that guy. Jangles is not afraid to spend the money. and Jangles it, is crazy, so yeah. J- Jangles is genuinely – genuinely a crazy person but sometimes he puts together good baseball teams because he does what other teams are afraid to do which is just go out and get talent and ignore everything else all of us myself included overrate our own prospects we overrate our tom manlers we overrate our bobby geraldos we just we love our own dudes jangles doesn't give a fuck jangles just goes out and gets the guys with blue ratings i mean that's that's it and it works a lot of the time so this team, when Hooper comes back, financial disaster, no future, f- fucking, they got a lot of talent when they're ready and when they they're healthy. They could be pretty good. Right. Well, look yeah. At, I mean, the, middle the top of, five in their order. The middle of this lineup is going to be pretty fearful if Hooper comes back healthy and is the same player. I mean. Is this going to include Flores and Franchise and Bobby Miranda and Ernie Granados and Nate Hooper? It yeah. is insane. So, so, so I asked you when when we looked at the Blue Jays, I said, who's the best hitter on the team? None of us could decide. We said maybe it's Jorge Flores, maybe it's Hal, maybe it's ADF. I don't know. They're just okay. If Tony Flores was on the Blue Jays, he'd be the best player, best hitter. If Bobby Miranda was on the Blue Jays, he'd probably be the best hitter. Granados? Uh, I, th- I think you're overrating Miranda a bit. Maybe. Maybe, maybe a little. Not maybe five, a little. He'd be in the conversation if he was in the Blue Jays, for sure. Yep. Now, Granados would be the best hitter. He was the best hitter. 
Same with Francis and same with Hooper. I mean, this team has fucking star power. So if they can get out of the gates the first two months and be okay, I'm I'm not afraid to say the the Expos might make a run. Yeah, I mean a a lot of de- a lot depends on the pitching staff. Obviously, uh, Escobedo's still around. Uh, pitched pretty well uh, for this team last year from a warp standpoint. Uh, got babbiffed a lot. ERA wasn't pretty, but he stayed healthy. Uh, Mel Marrero looks like a keeper. Uh, was really really good. He's like in a perfect situation for him. He's just he's, a a pitcher made for that ballpark in Montreal. And he, he's also just fucking great. Right. Uh, he's more than a keeper. He strikes out the world. Um, and uh, when it does go and play, it doesn't go very far because they play in one of the most pitcher-friendly parks in the sky. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like Montreal. Again, if we ignore the finances, which for a lot of reasons we shouldn't do, but if we ignore that, I think this team looks better than the Mets. I think this team looks better than Minnesota. Yeah, I think they might. I, I, I think this team could make a could finish second. I don't think anyone touches Toronto, but man, they're totally in that conversation, and I don't see any reason why not. What's what's the hole they got to fill up? You know? Yeah. Where is it? Jangles impatience. Well, Catch, if he's impatient, catcher. that just means he's got to go out and get someone else. Catcher's, and that's okay with me. Catcher's a weak spot, but that's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Jangles just said the bullpen isn't great, and he's totally, totally right. Outside of Matt Board and Kevin Walker, it's almost nothing. And Kevin Walker's even not even any good. But that's an easy fix. So if they play a well, month of good not, baseball— Well, it's not too easy. Otherwise, Arizona would have been a playoff team by now. No, Scott's just a retard and doesn't want to make trades. Bullpens are, bullpen pieces are out there if you just try. So Scott, Jangles, you can just go do that. I, I, Is Lee's a hell of a good pitcher? Like it. Uh. But can someone explain why Danny Orsino got extended at the end of last year? Yeah, well, I I thought that was a little weird, but I also thought, what would he get as a free agent? After what he did last year, less than sixteen million. He's yeah, thirty that, years old. I I don't know if that's even. Uh, I think he would have gotten something similar to what Arturo Ramirez got, twenty four over two. Don't forget that he's way healthier than Ramirez. He only played 100 games last year, and he was super positive defensively at shortstop. So in a full year, and if you're banking on the bat bouncing back, I think three three war is totally in the cards. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So it's a lot to pay, but I'm I'm trying to just focus on 2019 here. Right. Well, I, I think both of you are right. I think from a 2019 standpoint, it's a good thing. From a from a future standpoint, it's a stupid signing. Um, and from a monetary standpoint, of course it's dumb. Um, I don't know what to do with yeah, yeah. But, but the Expos, I think, are going to be pretty good in 2019. I think they're going to be pretty – I think this is a playoff team. You heard me. I said it. You think they're going to – I I, I, I think I, I like this team more than the it. Mets. I think I yeah. like more than the Mets. I don't disagree one bit. Um, I don't know if I'm going to peg them for the playoffs, but shit. If you just think after Toronto, the teams we've talked about, Minnesota, Cleveland, New York, Montreal. Man, I don't know if I like any one of them better than another. So shit, anything can happen. Why right. Not? 
Plus, they have such an advantage. And I say this every year, and I'm going to continue to say it every year. People can pick on me all you want. It is such an advantage when you play in such an extreme pitcher's park in our game. All right. I'm going to pick on you right now, you dirty bitch. If you play in an extreme park of any kind, it's an advantage. I agree. That is completely true. I would even say Philadelphia is an advantage to be in that park. Yeah, that's probably accurate. Maybe not as extreme as Montreal because Montreal is probably a top three or four extreme right. park. In but Philly. Yeah. Right. But right. that's that's totally the case. Uh, yeah, it, it's a big advantage to Montreal. Their pitching is going to be better than it looks on paper. Just flat out. And it looks pretty decent on paper, at least the rotation. Yep. I mean, can Escobedo yep. finally break a, a five ERA? So Escobedo, uh, I feel like we talked about him being a reliever recently, and that was because his splitter was 50 out of 55. It's 50. Am I am I making this up? Because I was like, I, I was. No, I, I thought like, it. Already, I thought it had always been 55-55. Oh, maybe I that's think me. For then. a while, it was 50 out of 55. That's what I had thought, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, shit, what the – this guy for sure is a starting pitcher. A very good one. Yeah. And I've continued to be wrong on his health, so I hope it continues. I don't want to see a CEI from anybody. All right. Yeah. Next. Yeah. I think, uh, he's he's I think. a good pitcher. I don't know. We can go next. That's fine. Up next, yeah. let's talk about Boston. Let's talk about the Red Sox. Oh, the Sox. Uh, it is – the Mike Mon show? I think there's a couple of shows here. Um, a couple of shows because there's a handful of really good players and just they don't have depth yet. And I think that's something that you can solve pretty quickly when you want to. It's just it's it's not this year. Uh, maybe next year he thinks his team takes a step forward and he spends some money, gets four or five relievers, two or three starters, gets some guys around him, but. I don't think the Boston Red Sox are in a bad place. I just don't think they're close to comp- contending right now in the current state. Former 1-1, spent a lot of time in the majors last year, not to the tune of much success. Um, but he, in 2017, he played in low A, hit the snot out of the ball, and got promoted to A for the end of the season, did not hit the snot out of the ball, and then skipped high A, skipped double A, went straight to triple A for 40 games, and then went to the majors, and Vince Heller struggled a bit. Vince Heller, I thought you were talking about Mont. God, you confused me. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know what the fuck David was doing. Why'd you, why did you bring him up? Yeah, I, I don't like anything You just about cost him. yourself a year of service time for a guy who clearly, I mean, David's not that stupid. He's Maybe he is. Not, he's still not ready for the pros. He's yeah, I don't know. No. OSA has him at 55-70, so OSA thinks he's ready. He is 24 after all. He might be ready now, but uh, and he, he certainly and he cost did, himself a year. He did OPS 909. Uh, in spring training, but yes, he cost himself an unnecessary year when he should have spent everything up until July in the minors. Yeah, I I think he's got a year or two before he kind of finds his way, but certainly at shortstop, let him play now when his defense is peaking. Yep. But boy, yeah, you just, that's a horrible fuck up. Don't know what David was thinking. I'm disappointed in the man. Uh, I'm also kind of just, it's a weird team. Mainly because most of the talent on this team doesn't fit Fenway at all. Uh, I think a lot of us are high on Fidel Ramirez. Granted, that's kind of we've kind of all soured on Ramirez, and 
we like Mond more. Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of stumbling. But he had these two lefty sluggers. They don't fit Fenway at all. And I don't know if they ever will. So do you trade this guy who's 23 and a big part of your team? Maybe if I can have to. I mean, I, I, I will love Fidel Ramirez until the end of time because he had a grand slam in the majors at the age of 19. He's 6'8", 240. He's a tank. Um, El Jefe. He is awesome. El Jefe, yes. He mashes righties. He's just one of those guys that, that it's it, it's it, it, you want to root for. Yep. I, I, I think you could squint and see this team scoring some runs. Because if Ramirez hits and Mons hits and Heller finds his own, this, the, the runs could be plentiful. 2018 because, All-Star uh, and former California Angel Nate DaCosta hits again. I mean, well, Nate DaCosta's been good. And Mercati was really good. He's just a good baseball player. I don't uh, know what the fuck Mercati is. Like, can you just stick anyone with 70 range in right field and have Italian. him get plus 30? He, he, he – He's just a good baseball player. That's does, the that's the issue. Does anyone have an explanation for the fucking zone rating that he shits out every year? Uh, I, I mean, I think that I, if I were running this team, I would have DaCosta learn how to play right and put Mercati in center. But you know, that's just me. Yeah, you might be right. It's just I want Mercati to have the highest zone rating of any player ever, so I want him to stay in right field. Right. Yeah. And that. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's worked. Right. Like, but I happen to think Mercati's actually just pretty good. I think yeah. he's actually a pretty good hitter, too. Yeah, he's not a meme who gets four and a half war. He's just a good player. Yeah, he's just a good player. The defense as a whole here, particularly with, with Vince Heller, uh, the defense is really pretty solid. I think they'll have good defense in center. I know you said they should move to Costa, but, dude, he was plus seven last year. Uh, they've had, they have really strong defense in the right positions. Yep. So uh, you need a minimum of 3,500 innings to qualify for the for the career zone rating leaderboard, which Mercati does not have career in right field. His career zone rating in right field is – I want to make sure I get this right. Again, only at the age of 24 and through 1,300 innings in right field – or excuse me, 3,000 innings in right field, so still 500 short, is 58.7. All time. Among players with at least 3,500 plus Mercati, that 58.7, I believe, ranks in the top five all time. 58.7. I'm corrected. That would be number 10 on the nose. That's wild uh, for being that young. I'm curious how it, how it continues. I don't know. It, it makes me wonder um, just kind of about zone writing in general, if it's bullshit. <laughs> if it's so easy to put together monster ratings in left field or right field, it almost doesn't seem accurate. Like it shouldn't be that high, but whatever. All right. The pitching staff of this team is not as good. I'm very worried. Um, hey, I, when is Danny Mello bringing that championship to Boston? Holy fuck. That he is not good. going to bring a championship to Boston. I feel uh, bad for this signing. I, I don't even. I don't. I want to blame David a little bit, but I. I mainly just feel bad because the it's second everyone, he signed, it, it is everyone's fault for giving in to Danny Mello when he was originally asking for what six million. No, no. Come yeah. On. You guys both know that if this were Kansas City Matt signing or a Trent signing, if the Phillies had signed Mello, 
you'd be all up in their business calling them a dickhead and an <laughs> and the only reason we're trying to lay off of David because he has a new he's a nice guy yeah. right and because he's good with memes right. that's it I, I'm sorry it was an idiotic move what, what's the Elon what's the Elon Musk tweet uh, he who controls the memes controls the universe maybe it's David bleak. doesn't control shit. Uh, we need another meme video. God, it's it so stupid. fucking bad. It was stupid, and he knows it. He knows. I, I actually take blame too, because I kind of, granted, I thought twenty-three million was a ridiculous number, but I was like, all right, I think he'll probably be productive. He's never been hurt in his life. And then the second he signed him, he had that like February dev report where he lost <laughs> four miles per hour on his fastball, and it was just <laughs> immediately like. Don't forget they blow your fucking brains out. Don't horrible. forget they still they also have Justin Muller who took a very nice hit after signing with Boston. And yeah. that's another signing that I praised. I love that signing at the time because I'm like two years. How bad could it be? Nope. It turns out it could be pretty bad. <laughs> turns out uh, everything David touches just turns the fucking. Hey, big. that's the answer to the trivia question. Justin Muller is the only pitcher that I'm aware of drafted with a one dot single digit. To ever appear in the Sky Top 20 pitchers. Wow. That is uh, very There you go. Justin Muller was like number 11. That was like roughly a high. In Until Chris Lamb, years. buddy. Well, right. Or Deadman. Or both. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. But, I uh, just – these signings actually make me feel bad for David. David just had a newborn baby. He holds yeah. that in his arms. Next thing he knows, his hands are covered in shit. And, and if it were anybody else, you'd be screaming Justin Muller in his ear while oh. he held his baby. I know. And Danny Mello in his other ear while you held the baby. So he's got wake his new... up the baby and it'd start to cry. And you'd still be <laughs> laughing because just being nice to him for no reason. Yeah. Not he's enough. got his newborn shitting on him. He's got Justin Muller shitting on him. And he's got Danny Mello diarying all over him. I just... <laughs> What is, it, what is this fucking disaster? And then, and then, so who's who's the third child? Because you, you only have two hands. Who's the third child that's wearing the bike helmet that's running straight for his nuts? Yeah, maybe. How many kids do this does he have? Aren't there? Doesn't he have like a whole infield of children? Aren't there lots of them? No, I think no. that's his first. That was it's his first child in real life. Um, he had Eric. A, he had Eric Everett. Yeah, yeah, Eric Everett also shit all over him too. Oh no, it's it's I mean it's Joe Mulvihill and all those injuries that's running right for his crotch. <laughs> yeah, oh man, David is like uh David I, mean, I just David told us once that he's giant, like a ginormous person. <laughs> I had the quote of the night, I I have had my daughter shit into my hand and that was still better than signing Danny Mello. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I just David told us he's huge one time, like he's like six six two seventy or something. He's like. built like Ramirez. He's El. Yeah. Yes. He and is so Fidel Ramirez. I just yes. think of this guy as Pavarotti the clown, like the giant, sad, <laughs> fucking depressing clown, because everything he touches lately has turned to garbage. Six three two fifty. Except for Mike Mond, I, I gotta say we uh, we shit on him for that, but he's been pretty great. Who is so. okay? So well, uh, is there anything more to talk about in Boston? No, can we please be done? You this can talk about the gonna, you can talk about the Yankees if you'd like. This te- oh god. Well, let's let's keep talking about the Red Sox in that case. Yeah, no, that's much more fun. Um, but yeah, no, I I think this team is going to hit well and pitch really bad, and 
that's it. Wait, what, they're what gonna team be? are we on? Are we on the Yankees? Oh, Boston. Oh, yeah. Boston, yeah, I, I guess I agree. Matthew Marin, baby. Under four ERA. David, I got your back. You, you do your thing. You know, he, that, was a, that was a good trade for them. Well, maybe. We'll see. Worked uh, out okay. He's, he's been good. Anyway. Yeah, I guess we can go to the Yankees. I, I agree with you. I think the defense is kind of fun here. I just think Mercati's fun. So, whatever. Yeah. I don't know who plays third, but that's really neither here nor there. So. I do. Th- I do think Boston. Also, can by the way, we we have David Boston Sky Comp at six three two fifty, Bonehead Castillo. There you go. Yeah. Well, th- David deserves the same nickname, so I think it's a good fit. Yep. <laughs> I agree. They're both boneheads. I agree. All right. Anyway, uh, I I do think Boston can like maybe next year or the year after. Just make a bunch of moves and turn into a 76-win team into an 88-win team. I think that's very possible with well, the talent think, they have. I think a couple more years of development, because Heller's not quite ready for the big leagues yet. Probably Mon, probably Ramirez, too. And Moises Carrillo looks like a keeper. I mean, I sort of like this guy. Um, so, you know, changeup needs another tick, but... Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. I, they just have Boston hasn't tried to be good yet, and eventually they will try to be good, and they'll be competitive. Just I don't know when. Anyway, Yankees, yep. and I'm gonna take a piss. So talk about the Yankees for a second. Trent, you start. Well, Stuart Stansel pitched all year for the Yankees and was sort of meh. Wasn't anything great. Uh, do you still believe in Stuart Stansel, Jacob? Uh, I'm not entirely sure I was ever on the Stuart Stansel hype train. Uh, OSA has liked him a lot. I've never – I see, what, 70, 55, 50, which is great. I mean, I don't know if he's an, if he's elite. Um, I, the, that movement is just a tick lower than what I'd want out of someone in, in Yankee Stadium. I, I ideally want someone that's at 60, 65. Um, I mean, but again, Stansel's great. You're you're picking you're you're nitpicking there, but it's 70 stuff. I want to see more than eight and a half Ks per nine. Well, that's a good point. The strikeouts are a little bit lesser than you would like to see. And um, the strikeouts are low. The ERA's high. The WHIP is high. I mean, from someone that has those ratings, that has that overall potential, that is 25, soon to be 26. I'm looking at someone that should have at least nine and a half Ks per nine. That walk rate's probably right on pace. That home run rate's probably right there. But that whip is probably, what, 0.1, 0.15 higher than it should be? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The, things are so skewed in the sky towards hitters. I don't know what to think of a pitcher like this. Uh, I still like the player. I think you're probably right about the movement, but... It's hard to it's hard to find guys who have such great movement like this. Do you like Ryan Bradley better? So so here's what here's what I don't understand about this. So I'm looking at Ryan Bradley right now. I see oh. potential 70 55 55 same as Stuart Stansel and yet my scouts tell him that okay, Ryan Bradley's 55 80 when he has very similar stuff moving control currents to Stansel. So I I am not exactly understanding how that's working out. I don't particularly love either. I really Jerry, don't. Jerry's been drunk for ten years. Don't forget that. Well, both these I, guys are fucking really, 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 really good. Again, oh, Stuart, like both. 
Stuart like Stansel oh, now Stansel has and two and a half. Yeah. Stansel has two and a half seasons under his belt, sixty starts, and a career ERA of five three seven. Yeah, I'm not terrified about Stansel. Uh, I think some guys just it takes some time to get their get their bearings. Uh, I think his pitches are coming more, his stuff's coming more. I do not expect this guy to be a eight and a half K through nine guy. I think he can be ten and a half. I I, I think just like Jason said in Slack. This might be the best young one point one and two one two punch in the league. Like this is really really nasty. I'm surprised to hear a bad word about either of these pitchers. Okay, well I'm gonna caution you for a second there. I'd like to a remind you of what exists in Seattle, and b remind you that Ignacio Morales is only a year older than Ryan Bradley. I'll take Morales and Partida over those two any day of the week, and I will take any combination of those two. Two of five in Seattle any day of the week over the two in New York. Oh, man. I, uh, yeah, I just disagree. The Cleveland guys, I think, are probably better pitchers, but they have more injury concern than those two in New York. And the Seattle guys, I'm not sold on. Again, some of it's injury concern, some of it's not. But I, it's just hard to find fault with these one, two guys. I mean, I think what you said, you said 70, 55, 55. I'm five points higher on, I think, both of these pitchers than you. But both look like just fucking flat-out aces to me. Yeah, if if, if Stancil's not going to be good, I want, his, I want his ratings to start to come down. Because so far, we've seen nothing to suggest that he's not going to be good. So, like, when's it going to happen? Yeah. Right? Uh, I am a little a little concerned about just the stats. That's all. Yeah, right. I mean, the stats need to be better, right? So uh, now think, Ryan Bradley, I'm not concerned with. I think I, uh, his stats think, look great. I think Ryan Bradley's got a chance to be better, just because I think he's a better fit for that ballpark, ground ball pitcher. Both these guys have sort of closet good nicknames. Ryan Bad Bradley is bad man. That's actually sort of cool. And uh, Stancil is Mighty Mouse, which is makes no sense, but I still like it. Mighty so, Mouse is great. I, I think Bradley's stuff potential is being buoyed by a change that's probably not going to grow anymore. Um, I mean, he's one hit to that sinker or cut away from not having a true third pitch. What? What are you talking about? I have I have that sinker and cutter both at 60. Mind you, the curveball's at 80, but one hit to that sinker or cutter. And he's still he's just a six strikeout guy. When does a when does a pitch drop from sixty to fifty when you're in your fifty five? I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm saying if for some reason there is a drop there, there there I, that just doesn't happen. He has an eighty third pitch already. You're an crazy. Eighty third pitch. He has an eighty curveball. Ryan yes, Bradley. that's his first pitch. Okay, it's the third one listed. That's what I meant. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to throw his curveball more than he's going to throw a sinker. So I'm assuming a sinker is his first pitch. <clears throat> Unless he's throwing like 60% curveballs, which uh, never happens. I, I don't know. I You should not be worry about Ryan Bradley's pitches, particularly his uh, – I think his strikeouts are backed up by the fact that he does have an 80 breaking ball. That's pretty rare. I – I don't know. I feel like we're we're looking for reasons to doubt these two, and there's a lot of things to doubt on the Yankees. But man, that one-two punch is not one of them. Those guys are great. Uh, I 
I was disappointed not to see Fuchio start last year in the majors. That was the most disappointing thing I think of all last season. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree. Um, my scout simply thinks he's the best hitter in all of baseball, bar none. Like Perdomo, I know I praised him. I think Milkman is just better. My scout, at least. Yeah. 80, 80, 80, 55, 80, basically. You know, that there's is, a lot of blue. That is that is ultra juicy. Like, I'm, a, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's four blue bars, which I can't think of many players ever, Trujillo included, who have had four blue bars. Is, is, is he going to be able to hit against lefties? Yes. yes. I think you just, even if he's not great, you just... I've got Granted. him 60, 60, 55, 45, 60 against lefties. Yeah, uh, not pretty close to what I have. Clearly, that's playable. But right. honestly, even if it was like 30 across the board, I would say fuck it just because I never want to take this guy out of the game because in case of right, he's on the mound. We're going to fucking hit a home run. Right. Uh, and, this guy's insane. And, insane. Then the, and then the other question I have is my scout has the outfield range at 50. Is that a concern for anybody? Uh, it would I've be a got it at 55. I've got it at 55, as does OSA. Yeah. As does D-Rich. It's also it's also small outfields in Yankee Stadium, so I'm less concerned about it there. No, that's fine. I mean, I love the player. Love. No, the player. I I feel you. I would be more concerned if I saw 50, and I I just don't. I think that might be a uh, Jose mistake. No, well, that might be some poppycock. It's possible. It is possible. That's horse pucky. You never know. Horse but, pucky. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah. I mean. Talking less about the team the Yankees might be in a couple of years when Stancil and Bradley and Milkman are all in Yankee Stadium all the time, and more what the Yankees have now. I I don't know. I don't I don't hate this team. I don't I don't love this team. What the hell happened to Andres Flores? What are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? What happened to him? What do you mean? Well, he had a very good 2016, had a very good cup of coffee. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about his ratings. His ratings have not declined, but yeah. The numbers are super strange. Super strange. I mean, he, Is it he a Babbitt just... thing? No, it's not. I don't know. Yeah, he should be a better player than he is. What happened to him? Doesn't make any sense. He's got a good nickname, too, the dictator. Sort of fun. No, what happened to all these guys? Like you asked this about what happened to Juan Rivas? Oh my God! Yeah, I, I actually feel bad for Steve. Um, I think Steve overrates his era with the Cubs because he won a ring, and I think he underrates this what he's done with the Yankees. I think he's just had a lot of bad luck here. You know, if Rivas and Carter panned out, we'd be talking about an absolute powerhouse here. Right. I mean, well, that out. Carter, out Carter panned out in the way that it got him Francis and Hannah. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. Right. Uh, well, and, and I mean, again, uh, I think if Rivas and Carter panned out and they were all in New York still, you could have a Rivas Carter Fuchio outfield that would be just unbeatable, right? And so, if all three of them were to panned out, so you can just say Milkman because I'm never going to say Fuchio in my in my entire life. So I'm just going to call him Milkman. Milkman. I think that's awesome. That's also a good nickname. So. Yeah, a great one. I so. I don't think this is the Yankees' year, but I really like a lot of these pieces. I think they might have the best hitter in baseball and the best one-two punch pitching. If you get that dialed in, I mean, that the rest of it's pretty easy to fill out. There's enough pieces here where I'm excited. 
there's more guys coming up to Tejada and Rowe. I know, I know Steve's high on those guys. I'm not crazy about them, but when they I, do come up, this team might be complete and might be super duper scary. So I, I'm, I love the Yanks still. Yeah, I think the Yankees' future is bright. I don't know that this is the year, but I, I, I like the Yankees. So. Yeah. All right. Works for me. All right. As we pass the four-hour mark and we still have a division to go, let's do a North recap. All right. Um, you guys are silent, so I'll rock it. Toronto, obvious number one. I think we all agree there. Number two, so tricky. I'm going to take Cleveland. Uh, again, I don't even love the Cleveland team, but I just I think it's going to be a bad off two through five or maybe even two through six. And, and Cleveland comes out on top. I'm going to take the Mets in third. Uh, Montreal fourth. Minnesota fifth. Yankees six, Boston seven, and Detroit eight. And Detroit eight only because I think they're selling pieces off. I think Flint's going to be gone by the deadline. Um, I'm going to uh, be a strange guy and say that this is the year that everything falls into place for the Cleveland Indians and they win the division. Um, I think this is the year they they bring it all together and win the division. Uh, I'll take Toronto in... Second, as promised, uh, I will put the Montreal Expos in the playoffs and pick them to be in third. Uh, I will take the Mets in fourth. Uh, I'm going to take the Twins in fifth. Uh, I really think Mendez gone for two, three months, really kills them. Uh, and uh, I feel badly because I like that team. Um, I'll take. Boston in sixth. Uh, I'll take Detroit in seventh and put the Yankees last. I don't know that I think the North is the best division in baseball. I think I like the Pacific better, but I do think that, that, yep, I think I like the Pacific better than the North. But I do think that there is, it's compact. Like the Yankees, whoever you pick in last, I think the I think the North has the best last place team in all of baseball. That's that's probably true. The North's the deepest division in baseball. Maybe that's at least at least one through eight. So, they are. Yeah. So I think that's the way that I would put it. So Jake, you're up. Uh, Toronto won the SCS last year. We talked about them. They sold one piece again, not a key piece, but a piece nonetheless. But no one else in the division did anything more to catch them. So give me Toronto in first. Give me Cleveland in second. It's been 20 years. I can't quit the Cleveland Indians. I love them. Uh, I'll be the dissenting voice here. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tap Minnesota for that third seed. Uh, again, they still have John Hull. The, they don't have star power in offense, just like a lot of these teams, but they just have a lot of guys that have continually produced. And if everything falls right, then, then Minnesota is going to get that three seed. And you talk about how deep they are. Honestly, 86 wins might get the third seed in, 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 the, in the north. So I think you're going to see third to maybe even second to seventh separated by maybe 10 games. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be right in that 88 to 78, 88 to 75, something like that range, all between second and seventh. I'm um, so going to be Minnesota in third, followed closely by the Expos in fourth, the Mets in fifth, Detroit in sixth, uh, Yankees in seventh, Boston in eighth. All righty. And with that, let's head over to the Pacific. 
specific. Lies. Whoa. Try again, you dirty pacifier. Nah, let's go back to the Pacific. No. Oh, my God. Fine, we'll talk about the Atlantic. Who wants to talk about the Orioles? Uh, I'll talk about anyone in my – I love this division. I love this division. Just ATL antics, baby. That's what we do here. ATL antics. Do you guys still use the Sky Atlantic channel that Joe created way back when? No. Dude, there hasn't been a message on there for years, and I think the last one was like, fuck Jake. Win <laughs> beat him or something like in 2005. <laughs> it has not been touched. I, I absolutely believe that. I think the last guy to post on that board was the Reds owner before Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. Well, do you, guys, do you yeah. guys use Sky uh, Pacific? We don't have one. We just use General for that. Hmm. Yeah, you guys honestly are just what the most obnoxious what people. What a circle jerk a Sky Pacific would be. Good Lord. I mean, hey, do you guys remember just how insufferable – the eastern region owners were between 2001 and 2008 when they won eight straight. That yep. was actually deserved, though. It wasn't fucking 73 win Scott taking yeah. turns sucking your dicks And then all since day. then, the Dodgers have won, the Mariners have won, the Angels have won, the Mariners have won, and the Mariners have won. Hey, you know what? It's been a long time since we were able to say this. But I'm sort of drunk. D. Rich is drunk, and we are about to talk about the whole Atlantic. I'm so freaking excited. Yeah, I got hammered specifically for this moment. Uh, this is so I exciting. love it. I love it. Hope you guys are have your schedules clear for the next nine hours because me and Trent like are going. The, it's like the fifth hour of the podcast, and we have yet to talk about the Atlantic. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, boy, all right. So it. the Baltimore Orioles, led by one of the most irritating GMs. The I would say one the of most the irritating. The it's no. either it's either him or Steve, right? Like it's got no. A, Steve's not irritating. Like sort of irritating. I would say it's Jangles, Matt, or JP. Those are the three. I guess Steve's kind of on there. Mount Sorry Rushmore. About. Steve's on there. <laughs> he slides in like Roosevelt. Just hey, in the very here's a, here's an actual baseball question. Should Ron Dorita be starting for the Baltimore Orioles? Goddamn right. I think I got to look at the rotation a little deeper, but I I don't see why not. Um, I guess they don't really need it. Their rotation is pretty deep, but he should at least get some starts. He should get I mean, a chance. He, he, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've i always wanted to see Dorita get a chance. He never started with the Mariners, and I thought he should. He deserved a chance every now and again. So I want to see him start. Yeah, I, I remember messaging Dustin like five years ago being like, dude, you're really fucking stupid. Uh, put Dorita in the rotation. And he shot me down. Uh, he's won three rings since then, so maybe he was right. But yeah. whatever. Fuck that guy. Uh, I just want to see Dorita start. I, I always have. And part of me believes, even though if it's not in the manual, like maybe if he started, that changeup would be at 70 by now. Who knows? You never know. Also right. worth noting, you're uh, uh, completely off topic, but D-Rich, your number two pick in the mock draft fell to number seven, Jesus Serrano. Yeah, I, I like that. Um I know that – God, I, I actually want to talk about the mock a little bit at the end. But uh, Serrano I thought was going to go much higher. I'll say that much. All right, back to Baltimore. Yeah. Um, the question is, who doesn't start? I think that's the bigger problem. Like Matt Schenfeld's the guy with the lowest rating. Manuel Leone should not he was, start. He was yeah. really good last year. I guess it's Leone. 
Yeah. Leon should not start ever. It's funny we say that, but Leon has actually been fairly productive. Fairly uh, productive. Eh. My lord. Until last year, he was really damn good. Yeah, and he I was really how. good until last year. Yeah. And so it's hard to just like cut him after one iffy year. He's still at right. two war. So fuck it. I don't know. I'm, I'm with Jake, but when you look at the numbers and you have to say, okay, Dorita, you can give me 75 innings of the of being a top-tier reliever in baseball. You're going to give me three war in those 75 innings, and I'm just going to lose that guy? So, like, your opportunity cost to throw him in the starting lineup is might be pretty significant unless you think exactly. Leon is going to be great. Exactly. I think that it's risky. I think I might leave Dorita in the bullpen. And leave Leon in the lineup unless there's an injury and you're forced into forced into practice. I don't I don't know how many relievers you take before you take Dorita. I mean, it's Basinger, maybe Freilich, maybe Freilich. Freilich, we should be Freilich should be the first choice, and then the Toronto boys, and that's and then Dorita's probably in the top five. Yeah, I mean, so it's so incredible. So I I just I I just don't I just, I don't know that I would do it. But, yeah, it, you're right. It is. It's just you take a three. What is he? How many war does he give you in the 150 innings he pitches? Well, if they're if he I starts, what war does he give you? I think it's probably about three. Yeah, so three, I think maybe it's three and a half. I think and, it's a. I think it's a lateral move. Like it doesn't make you better. Yeah. I mean, his his K's per nine are gonna drop. Oh, probably like four or five. So yeah, he's gonna be an eight and a half guy if that. You think you think it's that much? I was gonna say nine, but yeah, something like that. No, I, yeah, it's tough. Uh, I think you could probably be cute. You know, you have these two lefties. I think you could probably be like, all right, I'll throw Dorita today. Let Shenfield rest just so we can pitch against one of these teams with a ton of lefties. You know, right? Like you have the option now to be to have some fun. Right. But for the most part, I think Dorita probably does believe it belong in the pen. Um. Other than that, I don't think this team's a lot different, are they? I mean, that's yeah, the only get, real thing. They get Noel all year. Yeah, that's the big one I was going to mention. Right. And how good is Noel? I don't know. But it's a lot better having him than not having him. Yep. What I do know is that uh, no one no one in California Angels, no one uh, after about, what, 2021, no one in California Angels history is going to wear number 31 again. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Noel being back is big. Uh, certainly if he, uh, if nothing else, he makes him a lot better defensively because he's really good. And, and he's currently good. slotted to DH. Yeah. That's, Although that should be Karobian if Karobian makes the roster. That's, that'll probably get changed. Yeah. It's weird. This, um, we were talking earlier about the Rockies, you know, a pitching team and a hitter spark. Then we talked about the A's and we talked about blah, 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 but whatever. The Orioles kind of feel in that same vein. Like the pitching feels really strong here. The not just the rotation, but the bullpen too. And the lineup doesn't feel. It feels like it gets less scary every single year we look at it. And I, maybe that's because I just continue to underrate Matt Be- Matt Beasley. I'm waiting for the year where he where he doesn't hit 1300 OPS versus lefties. Well, didn't we already have that year? Wasn't it 2016? Uh. You're off by a year, but you're right. Yeah, and that happened to be his best year by right against righties by a mile. Right. So I'm kind of waiting for him to just suck, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. I, I think that this is exactly what we thought Matt Beasley would be. Never winning 
player of the year, but winning a lot of silver sluggers because he was going to play middle infield where there weren't a lot of guys who could rake. Um, yeah. And he's, he's quietly, I mean, he, he's played five years in the league and he's averaged over four and a half war. Right. He's had a really, really nice career. That's, it's, that's a, that's a good player. That's a good yeah. player. Um, was he ever going to be a 80, 80 Sanchez sort of guy? No, but I, there's nothing wrong with what he was and what he is. Um, I don't think he should play short, but you know, I'm yeah, not the GM of the Orioles. So. It's, it's hard for me to criticize it when he's been, I guess he did kind of see, actually you're right. He did. He started to struggle at shortstop for the first time last year. So right. you're right. He should be uh, he should be at second. But whatever. Uh, yeah. the, the Orioles haven't changed much. They get Noella for a full year. They're just probably flat out better than they were last year. Tom Sharpless for for a full for a full year. Whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, that's up to you. Not to mention Jaden Miles and Felix Salgado. Salgado coming off the IL. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't forget about those boys. Just. Uh, so much of this offense in Baltimore is based on the ballpark. I think their pitching's better than their hitting. And a lot of it's going to be up to what Jordan Ramos can do. Right. I mean, he, he had a career year by four war last year. Right. I know that matters because he was def- playing defense, but he also OPSed 100 points higher than he did the year before. Correct. So you're, you're just putting a lot of faith in that being replicated. And, shit, I'm not going to bet against it, but... And he stayed, he stayed healthy all year. Yeah. So... So I think that I, I mean there is a there is a possibility that Ramos is just a four war player, which is a really good player, but not a not a superstar, and that Alan Hanna isn't a four or five war player, and that Matt Beasley is a three war guy as opposed to a you know five four or five war guy, and this team loses a little bit, but you know you would think it would be made up from Noyola and uh, Salgado being healthy and, and the fact that. Ha- Sorry, sorry, Trent. I, the fact that Alan Hanna was worth four and a half WAR last year just tells me that WAR is kind of bullshit. Like this, this season doesn't look that crazy to me. Uh, he was a negative on defense at third. Yes, I, I guess we just don't have any third basemen who are worth a fucking damn. But yeah. 50 OPS and at Camden is like, okay, nice, whatever. Not four and a half WAR, Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. I think that. Uh, this is what happens with third baseman in Baltimore. Ricky Rodriguez did it. Now Alan Hanna does it. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, the Orioles are really good. Uh, I think you could see a world where Mike Hughes is uh, the guy that we thought he would be. Which uh, is bad. Crap, as opposed to the guy that he was was last year, which was good. Uh, after he moved from Cleveland to Baltimore. So I think there's a you could squint and see a situation where the Orioles aren't better than they are last year. I don't expect it to happen because I don't think all of those things happen in the same year. And even if they did, I think there's enough to make up for it with some of the things we've been talking about. So you know, they're, they're really good. Just a really good team. Yeah, I, I yeah, of course. They're just very complete. And uh they're certainly a top five team in the league, I think. Yep. They're really good. All right. Anything more in Baltimore? I don't think so, no. All right, dear Richard, drunk as fuck. Let's talk Braves. All right. I'm what? not drunk as fuck, man. Put some respect on me 
and this tolerance that I've spent my whole life building up. But yeah, let's talk Braves. I'm ready. We got you guys. Let's do a good 30 minutes, whatever you want. You lead the way. You may put me to sleep. On the Braves? Uh, the only way I'm going to put you to sleep is because too much blood flow is going to go to your dick instead of your brain. Oh, my and God. And you're going to pass out. This Braves I, team is fun, dude. Yep. Braves <laughs> look pretty good. I mean, so, the Braves are the same. We're not yeah. that fun. Um, Mario Saldivar, the new second baseman. You want to talk about that, D. Rich? Yeah, I can. I think that's about all the Braves we are to talk about for the most part. Uh, Saldivar apparently got some – some. Uh, he sparked a lot of conversation in Slack the other day. Some a lot hate? of people don't – it seems yeah. like all the people who are from Canada or in the Pacific Division seem to hate him. Maybe that has something to do with the fact that Michael was upset I traded for him. Whatever. Uh, I like Saldivar a decent amount. The defense is certainly a red flag. I'm a little worried about it, but it's something I chose to bet on. Uh, I think he maybe can hold his own. I don't expect anything more. But if he's minus five zone rating or better, I think that's probably where he'll fall, and that's fine with me. Because we having another bat that's going to get on base at a super high clip means a lot to me. And Saldivar's on base percentages through the roof. Uh, you know, last year he had a higher walk percentage than John Morgan did, who's like one of the eye-disciplined guys in the whole league. So my scout tie on Saldivar, I think he'll get on base at a 380 clip. Helps us a lot. Whatever. Uh, is, uh, John, is John Acosta the everyday shortstop? I think he is, uh, at least for the time being. We signed a bunch of shortstops this year. We have a bunch of options. But uh, Acosta's going to get the opening day start. I don't know. He's obviously not very good. He's pretty shitty. But he's replacing a guy who's pretty shitty. So well, how bad can it be? Well, defensively, he's pretty bad. Well, I, defensively, he's pretty good, I think. But but uh, offensively, I'm, I'm worried. So How um, ba- Like, I'm, I'm asking him to replace 670 OPS. Right. I think he can give us that. So I think I'm, he can, too. Yep. It's just such a non-factor to me. Yep. Uh, he does have 80 air in defense, or 80 air and double play. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping that whatever. No, I think you're the probably right. Isn't, isn't that big of a deal? No, you're right. I think that makes up for 65 range. Because 65 range can play short with that. So, um, Yeah. The Braves, like I said, haven't changed much. Uh, yep. Our bullpen's elite. It's been elite for like 15 straight years. Tom Fralick had a one and a half fifth last year, a full fifth, a full run lower than any other reliever in baseball last year. So I always feel good when we have a lead. We have the number one starting rotation in baseball. It's not very sexy. I'm sure part of it's because of our ballpark, but whatever. I think one through five are really solid. And I'm banking on the offense being better. I felt like we fell into that Colorado trap a little bit last year where we kept getting our guys on base, but the middle of the order sucked. And that was because John Morgan was a bit of a disaster. Uh, he had like four months out of the year that where he OPS under seven. I mean, he was just very, very streaky. Manriquez was very streaky. Joe Marquez had an OPS 150 points lower than he did the year before. So I'm hoping Marquez bounces back. Morgan's a little more consistent. And, yeah, I think, I think we'll uh, – I don't know. That'll fix itself. Brad Last, White is Brad White going to make the uh, opening day roster? No, he's not. It's going to be a pretty. It's going to be the same rotation as last year. 
which is all the vets, and I don't know. I feel good about it. Last year was definitely a big disappointment. It was mainly because we couldn't knock dudes in, and I'm hoping that just solves itself. You know, we won 90 games last year. Yep, big disappointment for us, but whatever. It is what it is. All right. Is that all? Tommy Tommy Mazza back in the rotation? Hell yeah, dude. Tommy Mazza is really fucking good. This is like the the most – one of the most underrated dudes because he just has a bad overall rating. I, I remember being shocked that Neo was getting was fetching more value than Maza. Maza's just better than Neo. He's he's his splits make him look a lot better than what his actual ratings look like. Now he's at an ERA. He's at a forty. What is that? Forty two starts and an ERA about three and a half. I mean that's just flat well, out I mean, elite. I could I could pitch to a four ERA in Atlanta with that defense. Yeah, yeah, the defense is great. The pitching is pretty solid. There's not a lot of weaknesses. Just we need the middle of the order to perform. That's it. And then yeah. uh, watch out. Yep, I agree. Uh, Covano Glue. I've always liked Tolune, so I like that guy. Uh, Jason Coleman gonna make the opening day roster? Or no. Ah, uh, man, I hope he doesn't make the opening day Atlanta Brave system. I love the guy, but I've been really trying to shop him to certain teams. Mm. Certain teams who are pussies, I guess would be the right word. Just people get cold feet. I think I think Jason Coleman's a great pitcher who could help some teams, but whatever. Uh, we got some trade bait floating around. I like my farm, blah, 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 blah. We're the same. It is what it is. Yep, if I you agree. Guys aren't gonna, if you guys aren't going to have fun with me, then I guess we'll just skip the Braves. The Braves, the Braves are pretty good. I don't think there's a lot to say. They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, what? Let's, then let's head on to the reigning Eastern, or I guess uh, Atlantic postseason champion. Oh yeah. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Jeez. Is is there a better? Pitching step, uh, rotation, top to bottom, than Pittsburgh. Yes, a bunch of them. Really, you think so? I I think of, there's a bunch of them. Um, one, two, I don't know. But who's the three starter here? Uh, do you believe in Aaron Berg? Why the fuck would I believe in Aaron Berg? Because he had a three seven nine ERA last year. He struck out five dudes per nine. Uh, if you're doing, if you're striking out that few hitters. You're just you're just crossing your fingers and trying to get lucky. I, I mean, I have not, no faith in this guy at all. Not have a third pick. That is not a starter. So, yeah. do you believe in Nick Nemeth? I want to believe in Nick Nemeth, and I do a little bit, but uh, he's been a career disappointment. So I got to kind of wait, but I think he's solid. I, I I don't have a problem with Nemeth. But yeah, man, no, if we're I, talking about best rotations, you better have a better number three than Luis Nick Hernandez. Don't believe in this guy. Uh, fuck this guy. Pissed me off. He pitched really good in the playoffs. <laughs> how, uh, how is he any different than Tommy Maza? 40 stamina, man. That's just big, a big problem. Um, I don't hate Luis Hernandez by any means. He's very similar to Maza, but it's 40 stamina versus 60. That's a that's pretty significant for the You know what this is? This is really deep staff. Because I'm borderline convinced that Rich Jimenez is going to have another kick-ass year. Cause he's oh, been- man. 
and it's going to irritate the ever-living fuck out of me, but it's going to happen. I might drive to Detroit and beat the shit out of Jason if Richard Madness pitches good again. <laughs> it's so Jesus, ridic- look at his stats. Like It's so ridiculous. Three and a half, 4.8. Well, oh, leaves and just goes fucking dog shit. The, the starting five, according to Jason, I got the uh, before the pod private message. Abjurinos, Pelton, Berg, Nemeth, Jimenez. That's yeah, that's the starting five. I guess that's what I expected. Wait. No, Luis Hernandez does not make the cut, huh? Hernandez does not make the cut. Middle See, relief. I think that's a mistake, if I'm being honest, but I love him. I would rather six. have Berg in the bullpen and Hernandez in the rotation. I would, too. But I, I think Jason's awake, very tired, with a piece of uh, notebook paper and a pen and a little eraser handy, just, like, taking notes. Because do you remember that fucking Whitney Linfoot fiasco? Yeah, now he's, he's on the block again. Yeah. Yeah. Jason's just desperate for advice because he doesn't know what the fuck to do. That's what I think. <laughs> but uh, is this the best rotation of baseball? Fuck no. Is it scary in the postseason? Fuck yeah, because I don't want to play Chris Joseph and Pelton. I don't care about the other three through five, but one you only need two guys in the playoffs, and you, you're pretty scary. So yeah, they beat uh, us last year. Still bitter about it. Edgar Torres got hurt in a very important game for us in the first inning and killed us. So I'm I'm very sad, but they had a great run. They're they're one of those teams that's just not very good, but scary in the playoffs. They're the San Francisco Giants. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, the lineup's a little different. Elijah Marshall is now a pirate, and he's going to lead off. Uh, then it goes Bonilla, Landry, Melendrez, Cortez, Clayton, Bender, Dawkins, Linfoot. That's the lineup, according to Tarlo. Uh, it's, some of that's different. Uh, Amaya is no longer on this team been replaced by Marshall. Uh, Gabe Landry is a pirate. Uh, that was an interesting offseason signing. Uh, the Cam Bender phenomenon is <laughs> one that I do not know what to do with. Uh, I just I love seeing a GM so stubborn and thinking he's right that he just loves a guy unconditionally. Well, Jason if loves you Cam. Had a, if, if Rick Jimenez is unexplainable without something like Cam Bender to back it up, right? Like, <laughs> you think that's what it is? I, I, I am willing to entertain the possibility that there is something to the Cam Bender phenomenon. You might be right, but I see Cam Bender, and I see a guy who's never hit over 200, and so I just want to tell that guy to fuck himself because yeah. no, I you're would right. cut him. I, I wholeheartedly agree, and yet my lame ass took a catcher Sort of like Cam Bender in the draft, just in case there's something to the Cam Bender phenomenon. So, you know, that was a couple of years ago. He's like in advanced rookie ball or something. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, I, I don't think, think this team hits. Yeah, no, I'm really worried about the I, I see one hitter on the green, and that's Angel Cortez. Well, and I see one hitter. And, and Corey Melendrez, excuse me. Right. He's in blue, though, so that's why you weren't counting him. Um, and... Angel Cortez is his career high OPS in Pittsburgh is seven ten. Uh, he's been a he's been a disaster. I Granted, have 
I have Elijah Marshall and Gabe Landry both in green. If that means anything. I have Mike Vines in that bunch too. So I I don't hate this some of these Pittsburgh hitters. I even like Omari Dawkins. I think that's going to be a, a help having him play every day. So I, I I don't hate the Pirates. They just don't have enough punch in the offense for the for me to think they're going to win a bunch of games. I think they're just kind of going to be mediocre. Content for a playoff spot. If they get in, they're going to be very scary. But that's it. First, they got to get in. Yep. Yeah, and that, that might be hard. I think our division has got a lot stronger the last week. Hey, first time tonight. MAGA, baby. MAGA. Represent. So MAGA after t- after 2020, all this money comes off the books. Is this a team that should be looking to make a, a move for now, or can they sit and sort of wait? I yeah. This is just – this is the team. Uh, yeah. If this isn't good, you blow it up very soon while Chris Jost is valuable. I think that this is because Christos I, I, isn't young. He's 28. Exactly. Yeah. He turns 29 in September. Exactly. Yep. You you take Pelton's last year, which is probably this year, to be honest. Um, if you if you've seen the Pelton contract, it doesn't even look like that much of a positive asset. He's only at 45 stuff to me now, which is a big drop. I mean, Troy Pelton yeah. just doesn't look the same, and so I think if this year's a failure. You hit the button. You see, maybe someone can take Pelton. I don't even know if that'll be possible. Uh, Pelton year. has ten five rights. Okay, as does so we, Eddie Dolly. Okay, so uh, Jason's fucked. And yes. That's I mean, that. I think there is a two-year window here after which you really have to make some decisions. Because Jake's right. I mean, the, the, the there's an alarm bell, and the alarm goes off after 2020. Because yeah. uh, the whole world ends after 2020. Um that's when Chris Jost, uh is done with arbitration and needs uh, a free uh, his first like real extension. And so that's really when your decision comes in. And I don't love the Pittsburgh farm. So there's really not a lot to come up. I mean, I really like Roberto Rodriguez. There might not be another shortstop I like. And I'm obsessed with Israel Lamas. But after that, it gets really thin pretty quickly. And... Yeah. So uh, there's not a lot to not a lot to supplement this. Yeah, so. I think you nailed it. I think you have this year, you have next year, and then you turn down the team option for Pelton and you sell off every asset you have and you start over. Yep. But for this two-year window, you just have to cross your fingers and hope Pelton stays on because man, well, without Troy Pelton, this team is bad. With Troy well, Pelton, they're pretty scary. Well, and I think you're right. They're built sort of like the old Mets teams, that if they get in, and they might not because the offense is bad, but if they get in, you don't want to face them. So, yeah. so but, but they might not get in. So they, they did exactly what we feared last year. They were garbage all year, won 80 games, <laughs> and then beat two of the best teams in baseball. Granted, to the wire against both of them, but right. they beat the Braves, they beat the Orioles. They, it was a miracle. I mean, a miracle that the Blue Jays were able to beat the Pirates. Lee Mudra, baby. Dude, it yep. was just, I was actually so sad for Jason. And believe me, I hate Jason. I want him to fail. But <laughs> fuck, I genuinely felt pity for him. Because what the fuck was their manager doing? Troy Pelton just gave up like four straight hits in the eighth inning and you're leaving him in the game. Oh man, I felt so bad. Oh, it was. They should have been in the SES. 
And they may have beat Seattle. Who knows? That would have been a hell of a story. Oh, my. Yes. Well, we can be done with the Infernals. I'm tired of talking about them anyway. So. Yep, 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 yep. Who finished right. fourth last year? Jake, remind us. Virginia. With 42 wins. Fourth place, Virginia. There you go. I mean, it is... Virginia, this is not this is not your mom or dad's Virginia team. This is a Virginia team that I can finally quit. Are you quitting? I, I was gonna. I was thinking I, you were doubling down. No, no, I I am quitting this Virginia team, and it, and it makes me sad to say it, but the writing's on the wall. They were they were buying up bad contracts. Uh, let Michael Tab walk, and I think the nail in the coffin just today. I mean, he's not what he was. But the, the torn flexor tendon in, in Juan Flores' elbow just pretty much tells you the, 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 the sun has set on this Virginia team and uh, going to need to regroup. I mean, it, it's I mean if there's a pitcher out there that, that could get a haul more than Mandler, it might be Cortez Valdez. <laughs> if there's a better I, asset I, than Mandler. Let me, let me rephrase that. Among teams that are currently rebuilding. Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, Cortez Valdez gets a lot more than Mandler uh, by a very significant margin. But you're right. You guys might be the only two teams selling. He's pretty studly. I love Cortez Valdez. Love Especially him. when you look at that injury button. You click that injury history and you see zero injuries. Yep. Feels awfully good. Okay, uh, better question. Bet- between Cervantes and, and Mandler, who gets more? Oh, I think uh, I think I still take Cervantes. but I it's, think I would too, but that's closer. It's, yeah, a lot closer. But Cervantes is healthy. It's a pretty good contract, particularly for two years. Right. Mandler yeah, might no, be a better pitcher, but, man, there's so much more safety there. Yeah, I think that Mandler is better than Cervantes. I think that Cervantes is safer than Mandler. Um, I don't know that Mandler is even better than Cortez Valdez. <laughs> no, I, I, don't. Think, I, I think he's worse. I think Cortez Valdez might be just a better pitcher than than Mandler at this yeah. point. Cortez, Cortez Valdez is a, uh, to, to quote what I've said many, many times tonight, a sexy motherfucker. He, yeah. if, if he, the only thing I don't like, because I am programmed to not like this. Yeah, is, yeah, who cares about the 45 movement? The 45 movement fly ball pitcher. You oh, fucker, we fucker, love that. You me and Jake love that shit. Ballparks. Fuck you. <laughs> and I, I, I can't believe he's not in the top 20 pitchers in the sky. Uh, but whatever. I guess yeah. that shows the ratings are a little wonky, particularly for lefties. Yeah, maybe. But man, I, uh, you're right. I look at this Virginia team. It's not the same. It certainly is not very exciting. And it just makes me, it looks like the Dodgers in two years. Just maybe. sat I, on his hands, didn't do it enough, and just if, let himself drift into obscurity. If you wanted to push the rebuild button, this would be sort of a fun rebuild because there are plenty of assets to trade away. And Antonio, I don't think Antonio Villanueva would bring a fortune if you wanted to push the reset button. They have the other relievers, Neraya and Tarango, both of whom are really young. If you wanted to push the reset button. Yeah. Chris, Chris Walker could bring in a hole. Yep. There are I mean, some tradable assets here. Jeremy Levy could bring in something. Now, he's really young. So if you wanted to push the reset button, you could do it, and there would be enough to trade away 
that you could have a passel of prospects when you were done. See, in the same sense, I'm thinking like, man, you have so many assets. Maybe you didn't have to like start taking on bad contracts. I feel like Birdo's been such a pussy with this team. He could have. I mean, like, yeah, like he couldn't re-sign Michael Tab, and that's a big one right there. The thing is, he could have re-signed Michael Tab. Michael Tab signed a two. You could have got Michael Tab for six million dollars. I'm sure he could have made that work. It just Birdo's never showed the initiative to want to get want to contend ever, and he's had a bunch of talent for a decade, maybe more. I don't know. They've been so competitive for so long, just never never good, never scary, and it's mainly because – shit, I hope it's not because Birdo's in 42 leagues, and this is just – he he neglects us a little bit. But I fear that's the case. Yeah, I don't see a lot on the farm that I really like. So this is a team that's just screaming for embrace the suck, rebuild, trade yeah. the assets – you're right, but it's just it's sad to me because you would just be trading off one of the better rotations as is in baseball. I mean, the rotation still is deep, rock solid. I mean, five, six starters. Rock Seth Rowland's pretty good pitcher. I mean, I was after I was after Logan Weed for most of free agency, and he found a decent spot in Virginia. It's not great, not awful. And he's the eighth best starter on this team or something like that. Yeah. And there's just – it's deep. Birdo – Birdo's been a bitch. I'm going to say that. That's just my – that's my take. <laughs> Birdo's a bitch. Love him, but you're a little bitch. You should have fucking – you should have stepped up to the plate and got shit done. Now you're sitting – ugh. I would, also, the sad. new home of whatever's left in Ted Foley. Just thought I'd share, you know, so – the decaying corpse of Ted Foley now in Virginia. Yeah, didn't get very much to take that contract either. But it is what it is. It's an I'm, expiring deal. I'm done. Yeah. I'm I think done you with... got. Yeah. Oh, you you can you can continue, boy. No, I thought there was a pick that was involved there, and there was not. Um, I mean, Adam Barone is an interesting looking spec. OSA likes him more than my scout does. Um, but if if he's what OSA has, he's he's Johan Dunn. Yeah, maybe potentially. You're right. He does look better to OSA than my scout as well, which is probably a bad sign considering our scouts always disagree. <laughs> All right. So right. these last four teams in the Atlantic, Cincinnati, Miami, Washington, Philly. Miami deserves an hour of our time. Easy. Miami does. Let's Before we get there, let's talk about Cincinnati and why they continue to spend so much money in free agency. Why or why not? Because I love it. I love that Cincinnati. I don't know. I, I just love Cincinnati. I love Matty Paca. I just – I think the Reds are always fun. They're always bad. But it's good to have GMs that don't give a fuck like this. It would be bad if we were all embraced to suck. He just tries to get talent and have a team that can score. I don't know. I don't know what his plan is. I mean, he's, he's obviously a shitty GM, but maybe that's good for the league. Maybe it's not good to have 32 super savvy dudes. I I, I don't ever like it, but that's okay. Whatever. Yeah. I like Cincinnati. I think everything about it's weird. I think everything about it's weird. He's from Australia. I mean, come on. I mean, they, have barbe- they have barbecues at Christmas. Like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah. 
seriously. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You're weird. right. Winter is summer. 80 is 20. Like the whole yes. world's back <laughs> it's upside down. It really is weird. So it, uh, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I guess there's some talent. I think they signed Antonio Intero this offseason. That was them, they right? They did, to a yep. lot of money. Yep. Just truckloads of money. Look at this. Like, I can't get behind this contract. Like, nothing about this I like. I can live with it being two years, but I – obviously, it's uh, pretty horrible. Bryce I'm just going to – Can't stay on the field. There's I'm just going to say, if everything breaks their way – they could be a competitive team. Now, if you're trying to build your team around that, which happened, Cincinnati's been in the league for like 18 years. And they've had one year where they like, they were in playoff position in September. And then they collapsed and won 79 games. But if that's your, if that's your game plan to just like get lucky and have every, uh, just hit, have all the stars align and you, you make the playoffs once. It's a pretty shitty game plan. So I think he needs to rethink things. And, yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I'm getting a little fucking sick of Cincinnati. And, and, and Matty weird, The weirdest player in the sky, Jose Colon. Weirdest you mean the, fucker out there. You mean the goat Jose Colon? Weird dude. I felt so savvy for signing this guy to a minor league contract. I even gave him a $10,000 bonus. And then he was snatched away in the Rule 5 and then snatched away by the Reds. And the Reds obviously don't give a fuck, so they just play him every day. But it's fun to watch. He OPSed under 560 last year. On base and slugging both below 285, batting average below 185, and was still worth more than one war. What the amazing thing is, you know, we were talking about David Kearns, how like, we're like, okay, he had 216 hits, this many home runs, blah, blah, blah. So he stole this many times. Jose Colon had 89 hits. And he, he was on base 148 times. His, the amount of steals he attempted is pretty monstrous. Yeah. Uh, but I love that. I love it. I don't know. I don't want to say a bad thing. Uh, far too nice to him. But okay. I, I am far too nice to him, but I've also spent... Far too many fucking hours talking about this shit, absolute shithole of a team. What's wrong with Steve Dixon on the pitching side, by the way? Why isn't this guy any good? He might be good this year. I would hope so. He sure looks like he should be good. Maybe well, not looks, good, but better than he is, right? He wasn't that horrible last year. Just You're going to lose 20 games when you're in Cincy. He I don't know. Bad. That's a 572 ERA. That's really bad, even in the sky, as you can tell by the ERA plus there. That's really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah, All this right. team looks bad. The bullpen might be okay. Justin Matthews, Quintero, Yvonne, yeah, yeah, they might be a, all right. It's a weird collection of talent, and he makes some savvy signings, but he just has to understand what rebuild means, and that means be bad on purpose. So you can get young dudes who are good, not just constantly trying to be good. Like like signing Chris Goulet is a good signing, but it doesn't really make you be good. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
It just, doesn't really make you be good. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's exactly. But, that's very but, pretty, Jake. I agree. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I agree with Jake. I understood exactly what he meant. Yeah. So yeah, can we please be done with Cincinnati? Yeah, fuck. Just dude. just makes it just depresses me. Let's get so. to the Marlins. We can have some fun. All right, then let's talk Marlins. Let's talk Marlins. Oh my God, this. Team. So which trade was okay? So they traded Pio Natividade. Wait, I feel like we should talk about Bershear first. Let's go chronological order. Or okay. is that is that is that not count? I mean, that was last year. I know, but it was so late, and it was so irrelevant because the Marlins were a 60-win team. It's the first pod since then, too, right? That's so. true. Yeah, we haven't potted in a long time. Rick Casas is on the team because of that. All right, I got to go get another drink, and then I'm – yeah, I'll be back. Rick Casas on the team because of that. Love him. Love Rick Casas. Tristan Hunn on the team because of that. Yeah, I don't like him as much, but it's okay. He is what he is. I uh, he needed the, he needed a park like Vegas, not a park like uh, like in Miami. So the Marlins have about 17 infielders and no outfielders. Mike Yearwood is on the 40 man roster, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2001 draft, Mike Yearwood. 39 year old Mike Yearwood. Yep. Yep. He's been in the Marlins system for a while, judging from this uh, profile page here. Yeah. Playing in New Orleans for the baby cakes. Still has not – still never hit 200 in AAA. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. So that's more Mike walk, More walks than hits every year in AAA. Yeah. They have Dave Dill, the former Pittsburgh reliever, playing As first. As a first baseman. Yep. This is a very J team. There's Leo Rincon, whatever he's become. I hope Dave Dill is so good. I think that would be a fun Sky story to have a, a guy actually transition from pitcher That's to hitter. so stupid. And Keel so style. That would be amazing. There's Eric Dudziak. He's a Miami Marlin. Yeah, he was a huge part of winning a championship last year. So don't talk shit about that guy. There are so many weird players. This is where Eric Everett is. Look, there he is. The former Boston kid. Yeah, uh, I, I don't even know what to say. G-Rich, <laughs> save us. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, what the hell did you guys talk about? I was up for 20 seconds, and you guys were talking about Dave Dill? <laughs> we, you, have, you guys that don't have any words? We, uh, well, we are waiting for you. To, I don't even know what to say. Like, who do you want to talk about? Beat Dude, somebody, this, G-Rich. this team's fucking good. How are you saying bad things? Why are we even who, on Dave Who Dill? plays in the outfield? Who plays in the outfield? How about Bermudez? Start with that guy, the four-war left fielder. That guy's pretty good. How about Adrian Lannon, the superstar defensive player that he got in the Brashear trade? That guy, be he might be monstrous this year. I mean, he was worth a war in 20 games last year. You don't have to – granted, he did hit really well, but with the defense and the speed? Okay, so that's, so that's two. You need three. Yeah, yeah. We, need a, we need a right fielder. Okay, so where do you want me to go? You want me to say Nate Warner? I don't know. Yeah, right field's pretty slim, but I think between Warner, I mean, it's right field. It's the easiest position to fill. If Steve Flanley plays right field, I think that's fine. Uh, I think he can make it work. I think one of these guys could be productive. 
Outside of right field, is there a hole? Because if if right field's your biggest hole, I think that's a great problem to have. Catcher. Fuck catcher. Everyone, no one has any catchers. Granted, they literally have zero catchers. <laughs> Kravonic, I don't know. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, anyone can play catcher. The and Marlins just the, don't have anyone, I guess. And there's the cheese fan, Chevre, who's like, you know. 20-rated uh, catcher currently, he's Chevre. so bad. So bad. But, uh, but yeah, Casas is the DH. Kronk plays first. Is Kronk good? How is Kronk not good, dude? The, the dude was, hit 130 RBIs on one of the worst teams in baseball last year in one of the worst parks. Kronk is still one of the best hitters in baseball. All right. And then the – I mean, they have lots of infielders. Juan yeah. Soto play second base against right-handers. Kelly so, you, so you have this trifecta. Soto, Everett, Hun, very, very similar right-handed second baseman. Some of them can play third in a pinch. Soto's and, not right-handed. Good okay. Jack Everett Hun, maybe. So, whatever. Uh, you have a lot of very similar players. Granted, he is left-handed. His hitting profiles very similar. Uh, not much home run power, not much discipline, but a good contact hitter. I. These guys are all injury-prone. That's the reason why he was able to accumulate them. I don't see why. You can't bank on two out of the three being healthy at all times and being productive. I, I don't know. I like the infield a lot. Now, Kihara at shortstop, that's something I don't love. But that's how bad problem. can he be? How bad can he be at short? Negative five. I think that's, that's about the low. I, that's a great low, then. I think you totally live with that. Because his production he's going to give you at the plate is just – it's worth five ZR. You know? Compared to the guys that I'm playing or Jake's playing or you're playing – Probably great defenders who can't hit a lick. You can live with negative five. I I I don't necessarily disagree with you, and I know Jay doesn't care about some the negative five, but I think that's probably about right because he was right at even last year, unless I missed the stat. It was like pretty close to zero. Yeah. After so being, after being plus five the year before, so, so you, you know, just get a free agent catcher, someone who can doesn't have a catcher rating of twenty. Uh, that's not hard to do. It doesn't have to be someone great. And then one of your options at right field, whatever, they'll work. It's not it's not an optimal situation. But I think the lineup really is pretty damn complete. Those are pretty easy positions to fill relative, relatively speaking. Right. You know, catcher is super shallow, but it's so shallow to the point that it's actually easy to fill because almost no one has a good catcher. And so almost no one matter. has a decent catcher. Yeah, just right. whatever. Just grab right. one of the shitheads. Yep. And now yep. the the rotation is pretty fucking good too. Yeah, I agree with that. I like the rotation more than I do the lineup because I'm a big believer in Reyes. I like Crowder. I think he's in so much of a better ballpark for him than he was in Toronto. I like Sean York even more so in so much of a better ballpark. Oh, for him Sean now. York was the the icing on the cake of that Reyes deal. It really helped a lot. So much better of a ballpark for him than in Toronto. Yeah, so um, your, your rotation, granted, I think Ramon Vega is – I've been waiting for this guy to just turn to shit. He hasn't yet. Maybe it doesn't matter in this ballpark, so maybe he does just remain serviceable. But if he does, then your rotation's complete, and it's pretty solid. Yep. It's, it's, I think the rotation 
solid is an understatement. I think that's a good rotation. Yeah. So, so. I don't really see the weakness here on this team. Where where do you worry about? The bullpen isn't great, but I think that can not only be addressed, but it might just surprise you. The Marlins always surprise us, and that I think that's part of Jay being a lucky cunt, and then just that ballpark being so extreme that it's easy to have guys perform in it. Yep. I think I agree. Yeah, I, I just have a lot of faith in this Marlins team as a whole. Don't see many weaknesses, and fuck, I'm optimistic. I think this is a great offseason, albeit not for the future. But for 2019, this is the best offseason any team had. I uh, I hate saying this because I hate agreeing with JP, but Miami needs to swap one of those infielders for an outfielder. Swap yep. Everett or Hun for someone that can play in the corner outfield at a similar place. Get some reliever help, something. Yeah, I mean, they certainly need a trade. Uh, particularly for the bullpen. Because I, I think right field is not as bad as you guys are making it seem. Maybe I like Steve Flanley a little bit more than you do. I don't know. I, I just think he could probably... Fails, I would play DeJesus there and just get the good defense. So. Yeah, like you might make it work. I, I think the offense is going to just be good enough. And I wouldn't trade one of those infielders. Dudziak, I'm not including in that bunch. But the, the three kind of good players who are injury prone, Soto Everett, and Hun, I think it's fine to have three of those guys there, just because odds are one of them is going to be hurt. So, yeah, Marlins, big thumbs up for me. I'm optimistic. Playoff I'm, team. I'm impressed that they just traded into a rotation. Like, just magic. Have Jay, a rotation. Jay has some magic in him. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's I called this fucking scouting discoveries. Well, fuck. I, I said it in Slack the other day. I think the Marlins have the best development of any team in the league. Because you look at these trades they make, you'll you'll just click on a random dude and you'll say, oh, this guy was 24 years old in, in A-ball in Miami. Huh, he's really good now. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> they, it's crazy how many good minor league players come out I, of the system. I, and I always, always hate their minor leagues. Like, I hate their prospects. Like, I was just looking now. I hate all these guys. All well, of them. Now that they traded everybody, but I agree. And then and then you'll see, you know, next year you're going to be like, oh, this guy. Oh, shit, he hit 390 and high A. Yeah, maybe that guy will be my first baseman next year. Yeah. Just, they, they shit out players. It's crazy. I don't have any idea how it happens. Yeah. No idea. Oh, yeah. I'm, don't worry. Jay's... Jay's a retard, so I'm not trying to praise him, but voodoo magic. It is magic happens up. in Miami. It does. Voodoo right. magic. Who's next? Oh no. Washington, the Nationals, the Nats. Um, not sign much John Hall. Stagger. Sign John Hall to a uh, to a juicy little uh, three or forty-five million dollar deal. Fully guaranteed. Again, John Hall just does John Hall things. One of the most consistent players in Sky. I love John Hall. I don't love the signing for the Nationals. Oh, no, I don't love the signing, but, you know, shout out John Hall. Yeah, yeah fuck it. Why not? John Hall can, can Garnto back after three and a half war last year? Um, three and a half. Jesus, how did that happen? They won that Jose Bonilla trade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Bonilla is just 
a bad player. That's that's why you lost that deal. Yeah. I mean, it's not really because the players, is it? No, I just couldn't quit them. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't blame you. It's it's just a lot of potential pieces for this Washington team. Let's see what Frank uh, Frank Diaz. I'm excited to see what he can do if he comes up in uh, in July. Um, but a lot of this is just for the future. Yeah, Sterling Ash- Sterling Ashley is a nice little piece too. You know, I I said this briefly. I don't know if you guys read that mock draft I posted. Oh yeah. But uh, their future rotation is insanely strong. I mean, they have four pitching prospects. They're the best four in the system, all ranked in the top 100, who are pretty damn close to major league ready, without weaknesses, no red flags. I they're a probably next year they're gonna have all four in the rotation, and it might be one of the better rotations in baseball. It's really scary to think about. I don't know that it's going to happen that quickly, but I do not disagree with your larger point, which is that the Nationals look pretty bad, but they're not as far away as you think they are. Yeah, because because teams can get pretty good pretty quick when they have pitching that young that comes up, right? So uh, Jamie Johnson was also worth three war last year, former top prospect of the Nationals. Yeah, I wonder if he's going to stay at second base. I have to assume he is because it's Ignacio, but... He was a fucking disaster at second base last year. He just hit out of his mind. He hit 350. Right. So, yeah. I mean, he had a 950 OPS. I mean, that's incredible. So, yeah. yeah. So, the interesting thing, like you said, you have a team with a ton of young pitching. You just got to put the rest of the roster together. Uh, the hardest piece to fill is shortstop. They have that filled. Alamo's ranked in the top 20. So, I think they can shit out an outfield pretty easy. I think if they want to spend money next year when the pitching comes up, they could be scary. Obviously, this year they're not there, but I, yeah. I kind of like the future here a lot. I think this is one of the better systems. I don't know yeah. how it happened, but it is really strong. I, 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 I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I had forgotten about Alamo, who uh, didn't hit well and was still worth two war because just a pretty good player. I mean, yeah. I think it's time for the rest of the league to wake up for the fact that Santiago Santiago Alomar's just Alamo's just good. Right? Like, he's just good. Yeah. So, I mean, he being ranked he, in the top 20 is pretty special, and it's cool to see a 22-year-old do, there. Do, do the continual day-to-day injuries bother anyone else? Um, A little bit. Are you talking about Alamo? Yeah. A little bit, but they're not so severe yet where I'm, like, super scared. I was about uh, to say – do they bother me? Yes. Am I worried? No. Yeah. So. And is there anything to be said about the 70 range, 45 error playing at shortstop, where he was minus two last year with 29 errors? I think I think he kind of proved that. I mean, yeah, the 29 errors cost you a lot, and it might cost you a bunch of games. Who knows? It depends how it shakes out. Uh, it's hard to like the stats don't tell the story on errors like that, but seeing. The efficiency, seeing the zone rating, I think you should be optimistic about keeping him there, particularly if he's going to – I mean, he only hit 280 last year, but you look at the ratings. OSA has him 80 versus, eighty contact versus lefties, 65 versus righties. It looks like there's a good chance he goes ahead, comes into his own, and hits 320 this year. I was about to say, I think he looks every bit like a 300 hitter. Um, I, 
if you wanted to move him to third, I wouldn't be mad at you, right? Like, I don't think that would be terrible. And maybe the 45 error plays better there. But but I, I, I am unashamedly, unapologetically more concerned with the zone rating than the errors. Maybe that's wrong, but I think the zone rating matters more. And again, people can disagree. I welcome disagreement. But I could live with minus two. Yeah, it's one of those things that bothers me more in the playoffs than the regular right. season. I think everything kind of solves itself over 160 games. Exactly. Right. Like Alamo might cost you five games on defense just by right. making untimely errors, but whatever. He's probably going to win you double that. Right. Exactly. So, so I think you can handle it. I mean, OSA thinks he's the best shortstop in baseball. Say what you will about OSA. That that means a lot. That speaks volumes about how talented this player is. Yeah, I don't think – I think that's a little early. That said, you don't have to do a lot to be the best shortstop in baseball. It's one of the weakest positions out there. We all know it's really hard to get a good shortstop. It's just it's just tough. Yeah. This guy's probably going to be in his prime. He's going to hit 300 in his sleep and just be a good baseball player. I mean, yeah. simple as that. Yeah, you're right. And think about the Nationals 2020. Let's yeah. say all these let's say nothing goes horribly wrong with these four starters. Right. They, they come up next year and you're like, we might have the best young rotation in baseball. It's probably mm-hmm. similar to the Mariners where it's going to take a couple of years for them to get into their own. Yeah. But we have the best young rotation and the best shortstop. It's pretty fucking easy to fill the rest of, our, yeah, the, rest of the team. That's that's not a bad nucleus. Right. That's okay. that's the best possible nucleus. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in, maybe. I don't disagree with you. I agree. You're right. Uh, this year they're going to be bad. They're going to oh, be yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't mean to say anything but that. Yeah, no, they're bad. But it's see how much Alamo can hit. Does Alamo win the batting title? That's the question. No. So that's it. Jake has spoken. Yep. What's left, Jake? The Philadelphia Phillies. Are they the last team? They are. Oh. Well, that's what happens when you finish in last place. Uh, Trent, so take it away. Yeah, give us a little rundown. I don't know what you want me to say. I well, uh, I like I like some of what I did. I was a little disappointed. Uh, I was disappointed didn't get Tom Nation. Might have been a blessing in disguise. Um, I was pretty proud of the Ted Heineman signing. Uh, again, I'll grow a third arm, pat myself on the back. Uh, I think that he's either going to be hurt or he's going to pitch okay. I don't think he's going to be healthy and shitty. And uh, I like signings like that. And for four and a quarter million with a vesting option, if he pitches 125 innings, which he's never done in his career, it's pretty low risk. And so I like it. Um, I'm worried about the rotation, but I think this team is going to hit the baseball. I think this team's going to hit. Um I am a little worried about McCorkle because I signed him and he promptly had a dev reduction, but it's it, at twelve and a half million. It's tough to go wrong. That's interesting. Um, he had no dev reduction for me. Yeah, my scout saw a little bit of a reduction. So um, I, I think that was a great. I I will. Uh, I don't know. It sucks talking about your own team, so I'm going to help you out. Yeah, no, go for it. I don't feel very different about the Phillies uh, in general. Very similar team. A couple of nice players. Majority's just not ready yet. 
But I thought your signings in particular were really nice. Uh, Heinemann, don't love it, but might be a flippable asset. He might pitch well. McCorkle, I think, is very flippable. The only way that McCorkle signing goes to shit is if he gets hurt. And, yeah, exactly. And if he does get hurt, fuck it. Who cares? It doesn't even matter. And the Nate Rogers signing, kind of same deal. I think he can be helpful to a team at the deadline. Maybe, maybe uh, who knows, maybe you can't flip him, but I think he helps you. I, I like the Phillies a lot in the future in the same way I, I feel about Washington. I think the rotation, particularly with Chris Lamb, Lamb, Deadman, Skinner, Pizana, Davila, that's like the, the future rotation of the Phillies is terrifying. You just got you got to figure out the rest of the pieces, and you have a couple of them. Oliveira is basically your Alamo. Think of yourself as Washington, but you have Oliveira and they have Alamo. Yep. And you probably have a couple more pieces than they do offensively. But very similar situations. Uh, fuck, you definitely have more pieces offensively than they than Washington. But I might favor Washington's pitching. Just, but sim similar similar places. One or two years, and we'll see these pitchers come up in Philly. Might be in a good spot. And it's a lot. It's a lot of pitching talent on the way up. It sure um, is, yeah. And I, a couple. I see a lot of third basemen. I'm not sure how they fit long term. Olvera, Mears, Gutierrez. Um, Gutierrez can play second. Uh, I think I'm going to try that. Um, Mears, I. It's going to. He's going to play first base every day. Uh, he can't play third base. Uh, I tried it. He was awful there. Doesn't look like he's going to be awful with the infield ratings, but he was awful there uh, as his own rating. So I moved him to first. Uh, Martinez is going to be the everyday DH. Uh, I have a little bit of hope in a bounce back season from a guy who I've long liked named Garrett Pearl, um, who has been awful. Mm, uh, me gusta. And uh, but I think he might bounce back. Uh, be pretty good. He's not never going to play good defense. He's never going to be good against lefties. But uh, and uh, I was pretty pleased with signing uh, Pedro Canizales long term. I think that's a guy you build around. Uh, he can stay on the field or in the batter's box against lefties. Uh, I was going to ask you about that signing. Um, is he a guy you build around or a guy you is going to find himself on the on the trade block soon? Yeah, either way, who cares, right? Like, either way, it's not a bad little uh, – I, I am not used to getting guys to uh, agree to contracts like this where I bought out two his two beers and two of his walk years for that little. And so when he said okay, I was like, well, okay. It's just, like, it's really. Just, it's just similar to the Cubs to me because he's kind of at that age where – uh, is he too old? Is he is he just yeah. right? I don't know. You're like, right. It's a good question. He's you're, on you're, the fence of. Uh, it, it's it's a very good question. Yep. Being 26 and being a position who's not very, I don't know. He's not a position of need, I guess. No, he's 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 certainly not. You know, an 80 80 stud, right? So it's not a guy that you're like, oh, I got to keep this guy and build around. Yeah, I th I think you actually should shop him. Not, you don't have to shop him super actively, but. Uh, Putting him on the block every now and then, I think if you get a good offer for Canizales anywhere in the next year or two, it would make sense. Yeah. But I, I like the overall direction of the Phillies. Reminds me a lot of Washington. 
Philly has better hitters. Washington probably has better pitchers. But uh, I think the Atlantic, I think mainly those two teams are particularly scary for the next, just for the future. All right. Hey, anything to add or you all right, buddy? Uh, I'm good. I'm are you good. still I, awake, Jake? Uh, I had an early morning. I was up at, what, 630 this morning, so I, I'm running on fumes. We need to wrap this up is what I'm saying. Fair enough. All right, Atlanta Rundown, I'll actually start on this. Go for um, y'all, y'all were hating on. Uh, nah, it was it was a big difference last year. Give me Baltimore and one. Just that team is so good. It's so Aren't good. They? Well, I think so. That's why I'm putting them in first. D. Rich. <laughs> All right, go 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 go. After that, I trust the rotation in Pittsburgh. Give me Pittsburgh two and then Atlanta three. Um, I know that's going to come back and bite me in the ass, but, you know, it's fun to put knock Deerich down a peg or two when I can. Uh, after that, Miami, Virginia, and then who the fuck cares? Yeah, okay. Jake's sleeping on the job, so Trent, go ahead. Uh, I will take Baltimore in first, Atlanta in second. I'm going to pick the Miami Marlins to make the playoffs and finish third. Uh, I'll take Pittsburgh in fourth. I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit and take Philadelphia in fifth. Uh, I think somewhere around Philadelphia, Virginia in sixth is the 500 mark. I think somewhere in the neighborhood of six teams in the Atlantic finish above 500. Wow. Uh, And uh, Cincinnati in seventh, Washington in eighth, uh, but somewhere in there. Um, uh, I'm surprised how quickly Virginia got bad. Um, (laughs) Uh, and so I wish I could peg them higher, but uh, uh, but Cincinnati and Washington seem to me pretty obviously the worst two teams in the division. Um, if you want to quibble with that other order, that's fine. Maybe Philadelphia finishes, you know, seventh and Cincinnati sixth or whatever, but it's it's all relatively interchangeable in there. So how many wins do you think the Phillies win or Phillies obtain? Whatever. I don't know. I I think that this is at worst a league average offense, and so if the pitching staff looks into league average, that sounds like a 500 team. And so I don't know. I think if the yeah yeah 75 70 75 somewhere in there. So you think you're 28 games better than last year, or six? What is that? Six 18 games better than last year. Yeah, maybe. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to take Atlanta first. Over surprise, course. surprise. Well, of course. Over Baltimore. I just I feel like Mike Hughes and the rotation is going to catch up to Baltimore. And Jordan Ramos isn't going to, you know, have nine war again. Uh, so I'm going to take Atlanta and Baltimore fighting it out. Huge drop off after that. Whatever. The one and two could be in any order. Um, I'm going to take Miami third. I'm with Trent. I like Pittsburgh being the terrifying team in the playoffs, but missing out of the postseason barely. Uh, fifth, I'll take Virginia. I still think there's enough talent unless they straight it off where they're just better than the rest. So that's five Philly, six Cincy, seven Washington, and I miscounted, so just add one to all those. Yes, right. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I'm the one that's asleep on the job. I'm okay. not asleep, man. I'm wide awake. I'm wired. Just dumb as fuck. That's all. All right. Let's hear our playoff predictions. Uh, I will go first. I will take Vegas to come out of the Pacific. Uh, I think in the playoffs especially, Alvarado kills the Seattle Mariners. And he's not coming back for the playoffs, folks. That's not something that's happening. Um, uh, I like Oakland to beat Seattle. I picked Oakland second, so I'll take Oakland to beat Seattle and then lose to Vegas. Uh, In the Central, I will take... Uh, Colorado to beat Houston and Milwaukee. Milwaukee struggles in the postseason continue. And then Colorado and Vegas duke it out in a classic, classic seven-game series, won by the Knights, and the Knights make it with Dan Vegas to their uh, first uh, Skyline Championship Series since the inaugural season of the Sky in uh, the year 2000. Uh, In the East, I have Toronto... Uh, over Montreal, because I picked Toronto second. Cleveland-Toronto play another one of those great classic series in the North. Uh, I'll take Cleveland to win that series and come out of the North. Uh, Baltimore, I have Atlanta uh, over uh, Miami. Uh, I picked Atlanta second, Miami third, so I'll take Atlanta in that series. And then I'll take Atlanta to beat Baltimore. I feel like it's just their turn to win that series. It's been uh, those, our turn for 20 fucking years. Those teams are just so evenly matched that I'll uh, I'll take uh, Atlanta to win that series. Uh, and then Atlanta loses to Cleveland in the uh, eastern region. And it's Cleveland-Vegas in the Skyline Cup Series. And I'll take Cleveland to get Grayson his second championship. I mean, just think in any sport, Cleveland versus Vegas, how unlikely that would be. <laughs> wild uh i like a lot of what you said i'm gonna pretty much piggyback most of it um i'm gonna stick to my guns with my division winners i think i think i'm gonna take all four of them to get through uh which is kansas city beats houston or excuse me kansas city beats milwaukee then colorado takes them down seattle beats the dodgers then vegas takes them down Baltimore beats Miami, then Atlanta takes them down. The Mets, I'm going to have beating Cleveland, and then Toronto takes them down. And then I think Atlanta gets the revenge on Toronto. The Rockies take down the Knights. So for like the seventh year in a row, I'm going to predict Atlanta, Colorado, and I'm going to take Colorado to win it all against all odds uh, coming out of the gates. Horrible team, bad run differential, but it's the Rockies' turn. Bad division, but they win it all anyway. Yeah, seems right. Jake, are you with us? I genuinely think he's asleep. (laughs) Oh, no. Jake has actually fallen asleep. All right. Uh, No, I'm here. I was muted. I was muted. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Not not, Not asleep. Muted no. by your microphone or muted by your brain? No, I, I muted Skype and then oh, didn't okay. realize I had it muted because I was talking. Um, <laughs> so maybe I did just mute my brain. Who knows? Right. Uh, I had, I believe it was the Knights and the Athletics, even the Knights over the A's, Mariners over the Knights. In the Central, I have Colorado beating Milwaukee after Milwaukee beats Texas. 
in the Atlantic. Give me Pittsburgh to come out after beating both Atlanta and Baltimore. If Pittsburgh gets in, they're gonna ha- they're going to be tough to get out. Again, man. If they get in, you said yourself they're tough to get out. They are, but that whole two hard. years in a row of, is hard to bet on. It is, but you know I also would have bet on the Braves making a Skyline Cup series within the last twenty years, and that hasn't happened. So do you not believe in teams being due? No, not at all. <laughs> Not right. one bit. Uh, Cleveland over Minnesota. Toronto over Cleveland. Uh, then Toronto over Pittsburgh. This one only goes five games. They don't need a game. They don't need a game seven. A, an eighth inning miracle. Lee Colorado. Yep. Colorado over Seattle, and then Colorado over Toronto. Toronto finally wins two games in this series, but Colorado takes it in six. Do we want to do uh, MVPs? I so can I I I will be honest. I I will put that in Sky Awards. We can talk about that in Sky Awards. I I need to go to sleep. <laughs> All right. All That's right. fine with me. I don't know if many people will, will make it this far into the pod. It was a long and fun one, but five hours, twenty two minutes. Oh, child's play. Yeah. Not when I've been up since six thirty this morning. Me yeah. and Trent are gonna talk about the Braves bullpen for the next two hours, so Yeah, we'll, we'll I gotta set my lineups for tomorrow. Who the hell are you kidding? Dear Lord. Hey, we have a late sim though. I got extra yeah, hours tomorrow. We do. So. All right. Well, again, for Trent and Deerich, I am Jake. Uh, what's what's the emoji that we're giving them today? Just MAGA. Just MAGA. Make the Atlantic great again. <laughs> yeah, baby, MAGA. I love it. Oh, okay then. You got outvoted. It's two Atlantic PM. I did. So. It's- I looked, How is that I any looked, different than the pacifiers? How about I something looked, that you know? I looked all day for a pacifier emoji or a MAGA emoji. I, I thought there I, was a pacifier emoji. I was really pissed. I typed in like was a dozen one. things. Actually, no, no. How about the Australian flag for Cincinnati? Uh, okay. I like, I like MAGA, but that's me. I like MAGA, but that's just me. MAGA's so, funny. Hey, MAGA's funny. That was – that. The MAGA pacifier, like, on two consecutive days, one from D-Rich, one from me, that's fucking gold, Jake, and you yeah. know it. Yeah. That's, it's fucking gold. You can sign off now, Jake, and go to bed. You don't have to love Donald Trump to just type MAGA. No, you don't. Right. He, doesn't have a, he doesn't have control of an acronym that means no, he whatever doesn't. he wants. He might think he does. He does not. So... All right. Well, for Deerich and uh, Trent and to uh, Kiefer's bosses, I uh, hope you guys enjoy this five-hour, 20-minute podcast. It will be available however podcasts are available for free 99 and I will see you guys in Slack after I maybe wake up tomorrow. Who knows? See you guys.